0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to Rooted Vice, uh, another another live. Sorry, I couldn't do last night's live, but uh, I had some internet problems. It, it totally sucked. I was ready to go last night, and uh, there was a storm, and uh, the, the internet went out. I was like, son of a gun. So couldn't do it, but here I am on a Wednesday, so it's going to be a great live for everybody. And by popular demand, we are going to be talking about divorce and lessons I learned. Now, one of my most popular videos on uh, YouTube – even on TikTok, a lot, every single one of those videos went viral. And even on my podcast, this is like the the greatest, uh, I guess, show topic that I've done is uh, 10 lessons I learned after my divorce. And they're truthful in everybody who's gone through the situation. They all say the same thing. Like, Hey, you speak, you're speaking to me. This is exactly what I I felt and went through. So I've had a lot of women and men, especially a lot of men. And I appreciate that because I want to help my my brothers out there. A lot of guys who are going through this and say, Hey man, I'm, I'm not feeling good. You're giving me hope. But what other things did you learn about life after divorce. So I have 10 more lessons of what I learned about life after divorce. And it's going to be a little different, just to kind of give everybody's expectations, of what I'm going to do. It's going to be a mix, like the first one through five of my list is going to be more or less things I learned about myself and what happened to me. And lesson six through 10 is going to be my observations of what I learned about the dating world after my divorce again, because here I am at the time, 36 years old, 36, 39 years old, going out into the dating world. I hadn't dated since the 90s, you know, when uh, Return of the Mac was a big hit. So here I am going out into the dating world, not knowing anything about nothing. Uh, so I'm going to share what I learned about the dating world. Again, again that ties to the topic here. Uh, but real quick, I want to go over some housekeeping uh, topics here. Uh, this past weekend, I was on the Cheap Suits podcast. It's a local podcast here in San Antonio, and I was on their show. Uh, It was a a lot of fun. I've known these guys for a few years, and uh, they're awesome guys. Uh, If you get the opportunity, the Cheap Suits podcast, um, it's up right now. It's our latest episode. If you want to check me out in the the wild, so to speak, and me just kind of just hanging out with guys, you know, that's kind of like, I don't want to say the real me. I'm always the real me. Return of the Mac, yeah. Uh, But it's a fun episode, and uh, please check it out. Again, Cheap Suits podcast. Uh, Also, my interview with uh, King's Community uh, owner, Harvey. Uh, That's doing really well. Uh, This guy, he built a discord and is saving thousands of men who are honestly broken and heartbroken and have nowhere to go. They feel that they have no voice. Uh, Everyone's uh, like banished them. And these men are at the lowest point of their lives. And this man has built a safe haven for men who are going through their darkest moments. So, again, uh, guys, if you're in a place right now where you don't feel like you have a voice and you're alone and you want to vent your feelings and talk it out without being judged, And again, and being being greeted with open arms uh, again, check out that interview with King's community. It's my latest episode on my podcast. And uh, one little win here for me, I want to celebrate is my rude Device channel on YouTube is now monetized. So that's great. So now I can accept super chats. So if you guys want to send me a tip in any way, shape or form, I would appreciate that. Everything you you donate is going to go straight to the overhead paying off all, all equipment and maybe buying some you know, 4K cameras and some other things and upgrading. It's all going to go toward the cause and all the projects I have. So again, I'm now monetized on YouTube. So that's pretty cool. I'm excited about that. It's a, it took about eight months to get there. So again, anything you'd like to do with support, I would appreciate. And I'm also monetized on Facebook. I didn't know that uh, my Facebook profile really blew up and I have about 41,000 uh, followers on there. It's totally different groups than any other platform but i'm now monetized on there as well so a lot of wins for me and it's just showing that hey everyone who's out there listening uh, is is reacting to my advice you guys appreciate it and you letting me know through messages and all that and through the growth so again i come from nothing so i i'm very humble from my beginnings and anything you you do to help me out i get emotional sometimes and i appreciate it so thank you for all your help and sharing and uh, all the support you've given me so thank you so much it outshines the negative so thank you so much so let's go ahead and get, go on with the, the list here. So again, this is 10 more lessons I learned after my divorce. So let's go ahead with lesson number one here. And again, if you're watching on TikTok, hello everybody on TikTok. I'd love to have you on uh, on the program. So if you got any questions, uh, you'd have to go over to YouTube and or Facebook. So if you leave any comments, I can share them on the screen, okay? So let's go ahead and go with uh, number one here. Lesson number one is people are going to hate the new you. Uh, You're going to be surprised that when you get divorced, uh, it could be for the better, for the worse, but you're going to slowly adapt to your new life. And and if you're like me and you welcome it, you start losing weight, you start taking care of yourself, you start making new friends, and you start having this radiating positivity about you and life. You just see the world different. You were probably miserable years. All your friends were... And family were used to the miserable you and in many ways and i can relate to this myself they were the ones giving you advice they were the ones trying to cheer you up. they were the ones saying hey life's going to get better and now you're doing better and now you're doing great you're thriving in this new life everyone expected you to fail and deep down deep down they were hoping you'd fail because an ugly lesson i learned out there and it's going to sting a lot of people to hear this but it's the truth A lot of friends out there that you think are friends, a lot of you wish you the best, but they don't want you to be better than them. I'm going to repeat that. A lot of your friends out there wish you the best, but they don't want you to be better than them. It's a sad truth, but it's a fact. And when they see this new energized uh, lust for life person that they've never seen before, they will be jealous. And they will pick on you. They will insult you like, oh, why are you doing this? Why are you dressing like that? Why go in there? Only losers go there. You're going out on a school night. What's wrong with you? They'll start ridiculing you and insulting anything you do because it's different. And deep down inside, deep down inside, believe it or not, they are envious. They are envious of you and they wish they can be in that life, but they can't. And they wish that you would be back in that miserable space like they were. That's the God honest truth. And you're going to be surprised how many of your close family members, friends are going to hate the new you I experienced that myself I remember it just looks and comments and uh, you know when you're doing well and you get promoted or like that everybody has that one friend let's say you bought a car and you show your friend hey I got this new car he's like where'd you get that from well, I got it here what'd you pay for it this much dude you fucked up man you know why, why are you wasting money that could have got you a better deal at this other place now besides Ford suck why'd you, why'd you do that Now you screwed up, man, you screwed up. And like, they always ridicule your your wins. So you're going to see a lot of that surface when you get divorced. And again, um, it's an ugly transition and it's weird, but you'd be surprised how many people are rooting against you because it gives them hope that you know what, that's not an option. I'm not going to do that because I'd rather be, you know, lost or maybe miserable in my space than go out there and fail miserably like so-and-so did. So they're hoping you don't give them hope. Does that make sense? They are hoping that you don't give them hope. It's a God honest truth. So yes, that's what I learned. People are going to hate the new you. Again, especially if you have confidence. Oh my God, forget it. We got a comment here. One second. Let's see. Uh, Matthew, this may be a, a tough question for me to get to right now, but let me see. Uh, you have for a guy who's been divorced for like five years and with full custody, what advice do you have for getting back into the dating scene? I love the show, by the way. That's a good question. And you know what? Uh, the last five uh, lessons that I have are tied to that question, Matthew. So, again, I, I'm going to answer your question, but just not now. So, hold on. I appreciate the comment. And uh, I, have plenty, I have plenty of uh, insight for that, man. Okay? So, hang in there, all right? Again, I appreciate the compliment, man. Thanks so much. All right. Lesson number two lesson number two here we go ready you'll feel guilty for having fun as a father a very involved father like uh i may have been a horrible husband but i am the best damn father i know i being a dad is the greatest role i've ever had and it still is i i love being a dad and i was with my kids every single day of their lives until the divorce like once that seven day on seven day off custody uh 50-50 custody arrangement that we had those seven days without any kids to attend to, it was probably the most shocking culture shock system that it had to the body. It, I cried. I was like, what do I do with myself? I was so busy and consumed being a father, entertaining them that I never thought about what the hell do I do? Uh, but after you get through that adjustment, w- which takes time, it takes time. I remember I, w- I started dating. And again, like uh, you have the whole week, you don't get them to the next weekend. You meet a woman and she'll say, hey, let's go out of town or to Austin. And check out this concert. Let's go to this uh, landmark. Sure, let's go. And I remember going out of town on a date with somebody and feeling guilty, my kids weren't with me. And I would like get quiet and I would shut down and I'm like, man, you know what? I I I, feel, I shouldn't be out here without my kids. I'm a horrible, I'm a horrible dad. I was used to that. So I actually would turn down dates going out of town because again, I felt I don't I didn't deserve to go have fun. If I'm not gonna go out of town and have fun. Unless my kids are with me. It was some weird mindset that I had. And uh, that'll linger with you for a while. But over time, over the, as the months go on, you're going to realize it's okay to have fun. You deserve to have fun. I mean, divorce, there's so many things that occur in that time event that you go through hell. You put yourself through hell. So why punish yourself even further? So it, it took some convincing on my side. You know what? I deserve to have fun. And once I allowed it to happen... I was even a freer man because you see if, uh, women for any women that's listening here. I, I don't care what you think about men. If a man loves you and you get divorced, he considers himself one of the biggest failures ever. He sees himself as a failure. He hates himself and it can take years for a man to get out of that mental uh, loss uh, and in his confidence back and he'll punish himself in many ways, either with the alcohol, not allowing him to fall in love again and just beating himself up. A lot of us do that. I did that myself until, you know, the therapy session started kicking in and I realized it wasn't all my fault. It takes two for a marriage to end, right? So we punish ourselves and I was punishing myself because I felt I didn't deserve it. Like, you're not supposed to have fun without your kids, but again, yes, you do. You do deserve it. Everybody deserves their time. So again, don't feel guilty uh, again when you don't have the kids and somebody says, let's go on a trip to the beach. You're going to be at the beach at, at South Padre, right? And just looking at the beach and remembering, yeah, we were at Pier 21. And that one Labor Day, and here I am by myself. I'm a failure. That's going to be natural. Don't let it get to you. Don't let it get to you, man. Again, that's a natural feeling. And if you feel that, honestly, you know what? That means you're a good father. You And you love your kids. And that's okay to feel that way. But do not punish yourself moving forward, okay? So that's what I learned. You'll feel guilty for having fun, but that'll fade away. That's natural. Okay, lesson number three, and this is going to be a tough one. Okay, uh, depression is a son of a bitch, uh, but it it can be conquered. And living in the past will poison you; it'll poison your soul. There's this book, The Power of Now. I forget the author, but The Power of Now is what is a book that my therapist told me to read. And we've all been in a in a depression state, right? We've all been there where we're this also qualifies for being in a heartache. you just got your heart broken from somebody. Your relationship ended, right? And you're just in this bad place. Uh, is it Elkhart Toll? Thank you. Elkhart Toll, thank you so much, as the author. And again, it can, it can be divorce, post-divorce, or a heartache. I remember I would always think about the past. And when you think about the past, believe it or not, when you think about the past, it triggers depression and and just like misery. When you think about the future on what you have to do and things that are need to be done, it triggers anxiety. But if you focus on the now, the present, what you're doing, what's in the moment, what's around you, that helps, that works wonders. It, it, it actually helped me and it's a tough mental exercise. And I know it may sound easy, but it's actually hard. And there were times after uh, the divorce, again, uh, I know I make it sound like it's easy, it's not easy, but there were times where I was going through like a really heavy depression states. Because I was always just dwelling on what I did, how I fucked up, and what I had. And that is just a killer on your body. It's amazing what your, your brain and your own thoughts can do to your body. It can destroy your body. It can make you lose your hair. It can make you lose weight. Anxiety can just—it's it, it's amazing. And you're doing it to yourself. It's, it's your brain. You're, you're doing it to yourself. Uh, so I learned like whenever I was in a depressional depression, depressional, that's not a word. Whenever I was feeling sad or upset, I recognized myself with like, I I would have this visualization that I'm just like covered in this quilt of depression, this blanket of depression. And I was like, I can hear this voice in my head, just yelling, like, Rudy, get the, get up, get out of here, get out of the house, go do something. And I would force myself to get up. Even though I didn't want to, I'd force myself to get up and I would go outside and walk. And you'd be surprised what a walk outside will do for you when you're depressed. Within 20 minutes, you feel like all that that blanket that was on you was gone. And you just feel like, okay, I feel like myself again. Like in a way like you're possessed by a ghost in some weird way. But yeah, you shake it off and you keep walking. And it helps. Getting the sun in your face, the wind in your hair, that can change your mood. I would watch comedies. Whenever I was feeling sad or like crying, I would put on like Spaceballs, Three Amigos, a comedy, something uh, to change the energy. And I, I swear to you, laughter, everybody, laughter is so good for the soul. Laughter can change your entire body and how you feel. A good laugh, I swear to you, it, it can do wonders, better than any pill that you can ever take. So, laughter, you don't, uh, that's, uh, it's a must. It's an absolute must. Uh, but depression can be conquered. All right? Like I said earlier, you beat yourself up as a man because uh, of the failure you feel, of the loss you've had. And you tend to beat yourself up. So some of us allow ourselves to stay in that space. And again, I want you to understand that it's natural. You can definitely do that. It's a natural reaction to feel, but don't dwell in it for more than an hour. Get up, get the fuck up, get up off the sofa and get out of the house. If you're like in homes, believe it or not, it's just four walls, but it's amazing what those four walls can do to you. They can remind you of what you lost and how alone you are. And I would even turn on the TV at night to hear somebody else talking. So I can trick my brain that I'm not alone, but in fact I was. So get out of the house sometimes because sometimes staying in a room or at your apartment can be the contributor or the enabler of your depression. So get out, like go for nature walks. And I'm not saying get out and go to bars and hook up and do dangerous, stupid shit. No, I'm not saying anything like that. I'm just saying, get out, do something healthy, like go volunteer, do something, volunteer at a goodwill or something. Go volunteer at an elderly community. I love old people, man. Go, help, go talk to them. Uh, go to nature hikes. Go to the gym. Work out. Work, do something. Keep your, keep your body busy. Don't just sit in a space and make a commitment to yourself that when you get up every day, I don't care what it is, how small it is or how big it is. Like, That's. Make uh, uh, commit a task. Uh, complete a goal, a daily goal that gets you closer to your dream, whether that's improving your credit, getting the lease, get, uh, losing weight. It, it doesn't matter whatever that your goals are every day. You have to commit one task to get you closer to the dream. And that's what I did. And of course my kids were like, uh, my what I was working toward. I wanted to be a good example for them. But again, making sure I had something to do every day helped me, Uh, sleep well at night, knowing that, you know, I don't have nothing to do tomorrow and having that thought like, oh, what am I going to do with myself? I created a task for myself. So do that. Let's see. That is so true. Been there. Okay. Thank you, sir. Yep. So that's number three. And again, if you have any questions, anybody, yeah, small goals, small minuscule goals. Like I'm gonna go to the gym and run on the treadmill for 40 minutes. That's a goal. I'm going to call the storage locker place and renew my lease for another three months. That's a goal. Uh, I'm going to call my attorney, anything, just do something to get you out of that bed and give you something, uh, to look forward to. I have to drink some water. Sorry. All right. So that's number three, number four on 10 more lessons I learned after my divorce is unfortunately you can only count on yourself. Uh, that may sting some people and it may not apply to many people, especially women, but for most men, including myself, uh, no, one's going to give a shit about what you're going through. Uh, no, one's going to be there for you. So I learned the hard way because again, you're going through divorce, you're telling people you're going to file in the back of your mind. You expect lifelong friends to be there for you, to check up on you, to go out with you, to help you move You'd be surprised how many of them will turn a cold shoulder on you and just ignore you. Uh, So you're gonna have to learn to count on yourself. Don't count on anybody to help you get through this transition. I think it's healthy to go about it alone. Uh, I did, I made it. I know everyone's different, but I went out thinking some lifelong friends were gonna be there for me and hell no, they didn't. And for most men, that's what happens, especially uh, in some cases, And it happens. Women go on this uh, smear campaign and tell all her friends, everybody, she can possibly tell how horrible of a husband he was. And uh, most guys will tend to be quiet, you know, and just not say anything. And but no one will ever come like, hey, we heard this. And you want to defend yourself? No, most of us don't even care. But most of us not only have the event of our own personal hell of us punishing ourselves, but we also have the outer world and everybody knowing all of our business in some cases and uh just ignoring us so i hate to say it but you're gonna have to go about it on by yourself uh if you are blessed if you're blessed to have friends that will be there for you you are why am i getting emotional here you're a lucky man if you have bros brothers siblings anybody that actually checks up on you you are a lucky man you are blessed beyond belief man um, uh, because a lot of my family members, uh, turned their back on me because again, I come from a Hispanic culture, you know, Catholicism and religion's heavy in my, in my area. Right. And I was, I had no family, I had no friends, had nobody to turn to. So again, but if you have somebody like a, a brother, friends, the good friends, and what I mean, good friends, and I've said this before on a few TikToks, good friends are these and to everybody listening this is your homework and I'm ordering every single one of you who are listening to do this, be the good friend, not the piece of shit friend. Let me tell you what the difference is. The piece of shit friend will tell you if you need anything, let me know. If you're going through it our time, if you need, if you need anything, just call me, man, let me know. No, that's lazy. That's like an empty gesture. What you want is to be, be this friend, be the friend that says, Hey man, I know you're going through a really rough time right now. So get, get, get this Saturday. I'm picking you up at six. Don't worry about money. I got you. I'm going to take you. We're going to eat some wings. We're going to go check out the fights. I'm going to take care of you, man. And I'll take you home. So I will be there at six. Be ready. That's a good friend. Be that friend. Be there for your friends because they need you. They don't want to be vocal and ask for help. So be there for them. Yeah. Do not say let me know, man. That pisses me off, man. So William here says, I was lucky. I had four good friends that helped me clean out my house and helped me move out. And you're blessed, dude, man. Uh, I I'm happy for you. I'm happy for you because most of us men uh, are just thrown out to the wolves, man. No one gives a shit. And I'm glad you had that for you, man. That's awesome. That is awesome. And, uh, of course, and yes, my ex-wife was dodging me. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And tell, yeah. It, it's weird. And, again, I, I know... <coughs> I know it's a tough ask, but if you get divorced or break up, I don't get why you have to smear somebody's name uh, on social media and try to come out like the the victim here. I mean, just keep your business to yourself. I know no one's going to listen to me when it comes to that, but smearing a, a somebody's name in the most horrible event they're going through—why are you trying to make their life a living hell? It's 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 hell enough as it is, so why make it worse? I need a straw or something. So that's lesson number four. And William, thank you. You're the most active guy in the chat. I appreciate that. You're the MVP so far. And, and TikTok, thank you. Uh, let me read a couple. Of, and again, a TikTok, I'm live on YouTube and on Facebook. I'd appreciate everybody to go subscribe to my YouTube channel. Uh, if, I would love to show your comments on the screen so everybody can see. Uh, but Charles says, uh, let's see here. Everyone, let's see. Then we leak the Wolfpack so it works out in the end. Yeah, they make it worse. It's like, yeah you related to Brian Ramirez. I don't know who the hell Brian Ramirez is. I'm sorry, man. I don't know. So that's number four. Uh, number five in my lessons that I learned after my divorce is people will be curious about you. Uh, it's, I find this funny because I remember once word got out that I was getting divorced, uh, I started getting banished and no one was attending my calls or people weren't checking up on me. But I remember at work, uh, I would get these random um, meeting planners, like meet me in, you know, uh, break room one at, at two. And it was like somebody I hadn't spoken to in forever. And I'm like, OK, there was no agenda in the meeting. I'm like, OK, what's going on? So I go meet uh, this one guy. He's, hey, man, how you been? I'm like, yeah, good, man. We haven't spoken in a couple years of what's going on. Dude, dude, I heard you're getting divorced. I want to get divorced, too. How's it going, man? Tell me about it. <laughs> like what really i mean uh yeah i'm going through divorce it sucks but yeah this is how i went about doing it and yes i filed i'm the one who asked to get for the divorce and this is what i'm doing how's the dating world man I'm, uh, are you getting bitches are you hooking up like that's my business that's none of yours <laughs> but i was shocked on how many married men not just him but married men messaged me and wanted to know how it was You're in a weird way. You're banished and you're ridiculed, but you're also the trailblazer, because you're the first one through the wall who gets bloodied, right? And breaks down the wall. Everyone kind of follows behind you. And then I remember women in my old job. (laughs) They would say, "Hey, you want to have you have a drink after work?" I'm like, "Sure." Like, I can't stand my husband. I only married him because he's a good man. He doesn't please me sexually. And I, I can't do it anymore. I, I I need to get out. What do I do? How's divorce? Is it bad? Tell me about it. Everybody's curious about your feelings and <laughs> what you're going through and uh, how's the kids. Everyone's worried about their kids and how they're going to handle it. And I told them we're fine. But yeah, people will reach out to you because they're curious. And it really just exposed to me how you may think just because everybody around you is married, based on my personal experience of interacting with many of them, during that period and the thousands of emails that I've gotten and confessions, 50 to 60% of you are miserable and are just stuck in a situation that you rushed into and you don't know what to do. And again, there's a good percentage of you that are happy and I'm proud of you and I'm happy for you. I wish you the best. I'm not anti-marriage, but it's, it shocked me how many people were miserable and married and didn't know what to do and felt stuck. I'm bisexual and I never told them and now I want to be with a woman. I'm I, I need to get out. And and women who got married very young in their early 20s, right? Now they're in the 30s. I've only had one dick. And I, I need to be with another man. I need to be with them. I'm like, oh my God. So like, so I hear all the stories all the time and it's insane. So again, as much as you ridiculed and talked about and, and hated in some circles, people will still be curious of about you in your situation and will reach out to you for guidance and for help. It is insane. It's insane. It just blew my mind. And to this day, I guess that kind of is one of the contributing factors that led to the success on my platform. You know, uh, people hated me at first, but again, they understood that, Hey, he went through it. He survived and he's thriving. You know, I'm stuck in this space. I don't know what to do. So I want that guidance. So yeah, it's uh it's a shame. It's the same. That's why I'm an advocate for never getting married too young. I know there's guys and people who would traditional values would say that's not true and that's not great advice. But in my opinion, go explore yourself, you know, go satisfy your oats and go have fun, find out who you are first and then get married because that curiosity on, <laughs> I don't want to be too graphic, but only being with one person, come on. I mean, does that work? You've got married at 21 and now you're 31. That curiosity sets in, especially if you start losing weight, And start looking good. The baby weight's gone. You're working out. And now you're getting attention. You're curious. Uh, Somebody in TikTok says, I've been married for 35 years and we are very happy. Well, good for you. Like I said, I truthfully believe uh, after talking to everybody here and all the messages I get, marriage is not for everybody. Not everybody's cut out to be married. Uh, There's only a small percentage of people who are capable of saying, I do, and being with somebody for the rest of their lives. And you're obviously one of them, 35 years. So that means you look fairly young. I can tell from your profile, but that means you probably got married at 2021. So I always rebuttal with this. Would you recommend or want your son or daughter to get married at 20 or 19 or as young as you did? I'm curious. Okay, you're 21. I got married at 21 too, and I got divorced after 16 years. Would you recommend or you know, your kids or suggest for them to get married at 21. Most people always say no. Thank you. She said no. You see? Uh, And again, I'm not talking shit about you. I'm not trying to insult you. Again, I'm very happy that you're happy. and That's great. But everybody I ask who's been happily married for 35 years, they always say no. Don't get no. They would never recommend or want their children to get married at their age because you know how hard it is. Uh, that's a great question, man. I wish you can ask that here. That would be a great one for me to address. So but let me get to some comments here. Uh, William again, you're, William, dude, you're the, you're like my co-host practically, man. So <laughs> whatever revenue I make, I'm going to split it with you a uh, heart as hell, but you can recover. Life starts again. Yeah. It's never over, man. It's never over. It's a loss. It's a, it's a life change and it feels like a death, but you move on. It's just a, a chapter of your life, man. It's a, it's, it's the beginning. In every movie we see, right, we always root for the underdog or the protagonist. You know, things are going great. Then he loses everything. Then he fights to get it all back. Think of it like your own movie. What kind of movie character would you be? Would you be a quitter? Or would you fight like Rocky? Okay, Gwilyn uh, here. Let me let me let me chill out with the comments here. I was the one that fell because she would not. And I'm thankful. Good for you. I remarried. I'm very happy. There, there you go. I'm engaged myself. So. I believe in uh, finding love after life, after your marriage, after your divorce. I'm sorry. Susie says, I don't know how to move on. Uh, It's it's when you want to, it's kind of like, again, this is a comment on on TikTok here. She says she doesn't know how to move on. It's kind of like us who are didn't, who wanted to get divorced and we waited. And finally we had enough. Uh, Susie, one day you're going to wake up and say, you know what? I've had enough of feeling this way. I've had enough of feeling like shit because as all the depression and heartache you're feeling, life is the other end of that, right? The polar opposite, there's happiness and joy. When you start allowing yourself to experience that fun and that joy, you'll get there. So again, that was um, my, again, as I mentioned early in the beginning of the video, these 10 lessons are kind of mixed. So the first five were just lessons I found out about myself. The next six through 10, are what I learned about the dating world after divorce. So again, this is going to get a little explicit. uh, But again, it's rude advice. What do you expect? Thank you. And again, everybody, uh, I'm live on YouTube. So if you want your questions to be put on the screen and answered, go to YouTube, please subscribe. We're trying to get to 10,000 before uh, June 1st. I know I can get there if you guys help me. So go subscribe and I'll get to your questions as, as soon as I can. Let me just get through this list. Uh, Okay, so number six, what I learned about the dating world after my divorce is, again, after my divorce and lessons, I learned myself. So this is going to be a little of a a change. Number six, (laughs) I learned going at 39 years old, going out into the dating world. Again, I hadn't dated since, what, 96, 97, Return of the Mac days. I learned that women in the dating world in 2016 were the aggressors when it came to sex. And I got to be careful with how, what I say because I'm live on TikTok and Facebook and YouTube. I, I, I can't say certain words, so just bear with me. Uh, women were the aggressors sexually. And I remember being completely shocked when it came to that. I couldn't believe it. Uh, because again, back in my day, back in the old days, you had to court somebody, take them on a date for a while before anything like that happened. And then all of a sudden I'm here dating and I just remember people, they would initiate everything. I didn't like, I barely went on one date and all of a sudden we're hooking up and like, Oh my God. It's like, really? That's insane. I'm like, wow. Uh, Dan, thank you so much. Appreciate that. Thank you for stopping by. But it was a total culture shock for me because again, I thought it was like the old days. You have to court them, take them out to dinner, have game, you know, uh, treat them and just put some work into it. At least a couple of weeks worth of work before you got anything. And here I am on first dates hooking up and I couldn't believe it. I I could not believe it. And I I was like, what, what's the blame here? I mean, is it sex in the city? Uh, Like, uh, why is this, why is it like that? I didn't complain, but I just remember just women were the aggressors when it came to that. And I didn't complain because I'm like, sure, let's, why not? I'm just looking for fun anyway. So let's just go ahead and do that. So that was a complete shock to me. I did not expect that whatsoever. And uh, women were the ones like, uh, you know, that were telling me like, this is how you date nowadays. You have a lot of them. You want to build a roster. I'm like, really? She goes, yeah, date as many people as you can. And, uh, you know, the one that stands out or the one that you like, that's the one you start focusing on. So I'm like, okay, if that's modern dating. Then that's what I'm going to do. So I started dating like three, four people at a time. And dating's the wrong word because there's talking, you know, you meet somebody on an app, you're talking, hey, let's let's go out, let's go do something. So that's talking. So I wasn't dating, but I was talking to quite a few people. And that just seemed to be the modern dating game. It just, it's all numbers. The more you have uh, the, the likelihood of something succeeding was in your favor, totally alien to me. Uh, I didn't complain, <laughs> but that was a big shock to me. Uh, totally crazy, man. Um, so yeah, that's one thing, uh, just bad women. Those are low value women. No, I don't think so. I don't think they're low value. I mean, they, they knew what they wanted and they wanted to have fun and I remember again, cause I was dating, I had kids of course, but I went out when the ex-wife had custody of them. And I remember going out and I dated a lot of single mothers and I was fine with that. I didn't have this judgment that a lot of guys have for them. I mean, they were well off, they were doing well. The kids were grown and well behaved. I was very selective when I went out with them, but a lot of them were straight up told me like, look, my kids are in sports. My son's, you know, he may get a scholarship in baseball. I don't have time for a relationship. I don't have time for that, but I want companionship. I'm like, you want to hook up is what you want with no no strings attached. Yes. Like, fine. That's what I'm looking for. I'm fine with that. So uh, that was the arrangement I had with a lot of uh, single mothers and it's what they wanted. They called the shot. I'm like, you know what? Fine. I just want to have fun anyway. So that was the arrangement with that, but they called it. I'm like, sure. And that's what it was. And, and again, they knew what they wanted. They had their shit straight. They weren't, they, they weren't going to entertain any romantic ideas of dating any man until the kids went to college. And these kids are like 14, 15. So again, that makes sense to me. I'm like, okay, you do your thing. And that's what happened. So that really shocked me. Only fun. They didn't have time for romance. And I'm like, okay, I don't ha- I don't want time for romance either. So let's go ahead and do that. <laughs> um Let's see here. I'm gonna try to get to some comments here. Uh, I was 37 when I got back into the dating world, and I agree 100%. It took me some time to navigate that. Yep, totally different world, man. Instantaneous dating. It was so weird. Uh, Some won't want dinner; they just want to get laid, and then they dump you. Uh, You women were the what? Let me let me repeat that. Dump you. Women were the right, uh, were the one night standards. Yeah, I mean. I wouldn't say dump. I just knew what I was walking into, and I wasn't I was not complaining whatsoever. But they were the ones who called the shots. I put very little effort and that just blew my mind. I'ma say this wrong, but all you have to do is show up and be half-decent and be a good yeah. Uh make them laugh. Make them laugh and feed them tacos. I would add to that. <laughs> make them laugh and feed them tacos. Uh dating apps are. I wouldn't say the worst. I knew what they were. I had great success on dating apps all the time. Uh, At one point, like I said, I was talking to seven women at the minimum, I had three at a time. So I just had a lot of fun and dating apps worked for me. I've always been in sales. So I knew this profile that I was building had to sell me. So I was cognizant of what pictures to put the best angles and every picture I posted had a picture of me smiling with movie posters in the back. So women are detectives like Batman dude on dating apps. So they're going to look and analyze and scan every inch of that photo that you put. And I knew that. So that was my tactical advantage. So I put everything that was relating to me in the background. And if they got a reference from return of the living dead, which is one of my favorite movies and they quoted it, I knew she was the one. If she quoted Beetlejuice, I knew she was the one, uh, anything. And even my profile, I made sure I was telling jokes. And I was clear. I go, look, I just got divorced. I'm not looking for anything, not looking for anything serious, but I'm open to the idea. I'm just looking to have fun. Uh, Fun fact about me. I once helped a village rid the evil villainous El Guapo uh, on a summer retreat in Mexico. And I knew, (laughs) and I knew not everybody was going to get it. But the ones that did get it, those were the ones I hooked up with. So it was just using humor and things in the background to get me to stand out. And that's what helped. But guys, uh, I've done a few lives where I looked and evaluated. I I still have access to my match account. I'm not active, but I logged into my match account and I looked at every guy's profile. And a lot of you don't put any effort in your dating profile. A lot of them are shit. You put horrible pictures, that bathroom selfie with, you know, like toilet paper and unflushed toilet in the background. No one wants to see that. No one wants to see you wearing your Spurs hat in, in your truck it was sunglasses. I mean, you have to put some effort in your photos, bro. And you have to put some effort in your in your in your summary, your bio. Women read that shit. And if the and it's all about tone, guys. It's about tone. If your tone comes off aggressive and bitter and jaded, you're you're, you're disqualifying yourself before the game started. You have to be a little bit more personable with that. You're selling yourself. So, for those guys that say, you know, dating apps suck, i beg to differ. You're just not using them right. In some cases, you know what? Maybe they aren't working for you, right? Well, then that doesn't mean you can't approach women in the wild and go out there and try that avenue. But a lot of you don't put effort, man, in your in your in your profiles. And uh, if you have any questions on like that, I can do like an evaluation and help you build one. Uh, that's part of my coaching session. So just let me know. And women, uh, y'all are bad as well. Y'all use filters like a madman. And I've had some women show up, and I looked like, is that her or her Thea? No, that's not her. Like, holy. Sh- hey, hi. And it's her like, no, you can't, you have to chill out on those filters. Ladies. You're just, you're just as bad. You're just as bad. So again, <laughs> if you have some wrinkles, Hey, you know what? That's fine. But don't be coming with like, uh, those filters that go to 10, take it from 10 and bring it down to maybe five or four and the fake lashes thing. Don't, stop that. Don't do that. So chill out with the filters and put full body photos. All right. <laughs> yes, like her Thea. I'm like, no, that's not her. That's her older sister or somebody. Like, oh, my God. So, yeah, <laughs> I would say put into it what you look for in a woman's profile. But I know too many men don't even look at profiles. I did. Dude, they're telling you. I mean, if you want to succeed with women, right, and you're on the dating app, they're telling everything about themselves that that, you, that they want you to know. So why don't you just put some effort and read their profiles? And you know what? Sometimes it didn't work. Believe it or not, I was there's one point where I was frustrated where I, this woman said she liked um, uh, hiking, and she she always wanted to go to Arizona. And I remember one of my first messages when I was trying to figure out this game is like, "Hey, uh, if I if I can take you on a weekend trip to any uh, Arizona trail on to go hike, which trail would you pick?" Is what I sent her. And that's a, that's an open-ended question. That's not a closed-ended question. If you know the difference, that's not a yes or no response. She has to respond with an answer that's sales, right? So it sometimes they would ignore me. And I remember I was telling some of my female friends like, Hey, look, I'm investing time in reading these profiles with women and they're not responding. What do I do? And this one girl tells me just tell her she, her ass looks nice. I'm like, what she goes, just tell her, her ass looks nice. See what she says. And I'm over there like happy hour, like, hey, your, your ass looks nice in that photo. Oh, thank you so much. I'm like, holy shit. And I'm like, really? That's what it took to work? That's what <laughs> That's what it took to get a response? I'm like, fine, okay. That's a good tactic I'll use from every now and then. And that's what worked sometimes. Is <laughs> everybody's different, right? Do men look at the background of photos? Yeah, I do. And a lot of you women... Uh, <laughs> There is this one profile. I remember this woman took a bathroom selfie and she forgot to hide her dildos that were in the back in the background or that one. It was one of the ones that you, you it was suction cup. Did you put it in the shower? And it was in there. And I just laughed and I screenshot it and said, to all my friends. I think I have that photo somewhere. Yes, we look, we look at everything. Yes. So we do look at everything. So okay, again, that's number six about the dating world there. Um, Yes, showing us helps. We need a full body photo. Uh, I would say, oh, okay, you already did that. Uh mine is everyone wants adventure, but I'm literally living an active adventure and they get scared. Yeah, and ladies, be more original in your profiles. Uh stop with the skydiving photos or the top golf photos, or that photo of the the huge, beautiful mountain landscape, and you're looking at the mountain and the person taking the photo just, just capturing your back and your, your yoga pants. The original or stop with the photo as well where you're at that one bar with the angel wings against the wall and you're posing in front of it. You, no, that's like so cliché. That's that's the equivalent of a guy holding up a bass. It's the same thing. So just be original. I mean, when I see that it's like, "Oh, she's never had an original thought." So whatever, so just stop. Just be think show more of you, showcase yourself, be yourself. It's not Instagram. You're you're telling a story about who you are. And that bar photo or you sitting on that one big lawn chair, you know, those bars, they have the one oversized lawn chair and you sit in it and you look like a little kid. Don't post that either. And I know a lot of you who are watching have that up on your profile. So don't do that. Take it down now. All right. So that was number six. Okay. Uh, this is, I'm cheating here. So 6.5 is, uh, women will try to prove your liar. Uh, as I mentioned, when you go into the dating world, and again, I'm answering that gentleman's first question. What was your name? I think it was Matthew. So, Matthew, I'm answering your questions here, man. Um, women, as a divorced man, women will try to prove that you're a liar. And uh, I remember women, man, you guys love trying to solve mysteries. That's why you live those murder mysteries and uh, documentaries. Oh my God. And you're good at it, too. Like I said, you guys are Batman. But I remember women would always ask me about my divorce, and I'm like, Well, I don't want to get too specific, but this is what happened. And then they'd ask the same question like a few dates later. I'm like, Why are we talking about this again? Not I'd ask it again. And then I get drunk and they'd ask me again. So they're trying to catch me in a lie. And I I found that annoying with a few people. And like, uh, or like they were they couldn't believe that I was speaking well about my ex-wife. I said, She's a wonderful mother. We just we didn't work out. I wish her the best. Like that's no, this guy's full of shit. No, they will think the worst about you. And it will assume the worst. And, and I mentioned this in a one video where I said a lot of them won't even believe that you're married, you're divorced. Uh, and I, at one point I had to start taking like a PDF. I had the PDF of my decree on my phone. I go here, here's the decree. And I would make a lot of them laugh. Uh, and the reason they didn't believe me is uh, apparently there's a lot of married men out there who are lying about, yeah, we're going through a separation right now. It's not easy, but, you know, uh, we're allowed to go see other people. So we made that arrangement. They're fucking lying. <laughs> and plus, ladies, why would you want to date a man who's, who's separated? That's on YouTube. Okay, so don't fall for that shit. I don't care how hot he is. As a matter of fact, anybody who's listening, if you're dating somebody who's going through a separation and not divorced and it's not final yet, you are wasting your time because they are using you as an emotional support and cushion. You are the substitute body of what they've had for the past 10 years and you're just a placeholder. That's all you are, so do not date anybody who's going through a divorce, and it's not final. You heard me, you heard me, you heard me, okay. And yeah, so they'll try to prove you're a liar. And I remember this one woman I dated, she, she was, uh, I have to admit I was just kind of seduced with her butt, but anyway, she was like uh, trying to prove that I uh, i was a liar, right? And she was, you know what, I want you to meet my friends. I want you to meet all my friends, and I'm like, why? Oh, they love you. I, I you know, I've, I've spoken a lot about you and they can't wait to see you. I'm like, fine. And I knew what I was walking into. I knew she told all her friends, all the, all her female friends, like, Hey, I'm dating this guy and he's full of shit. He's divorced. And I bet he's lying. Can you tell me what you think? So I remember going to meeting, it was a table full of women. I'm like, fine, I'll do this. You know, I got nothing else to do. And I met every single one of them. I was charming. I, you know, she, the girl I was seeing had my undivided attention. I, I constantly held her hand. But they all started, as the drinks started coming, so why'd you get divorced? I'm like, well, yeah, you know, we just met tonight. I don't want to get too detailed. It's kind of personal, but it just didn't work out. And I wish my ex-wife the best. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And your girls do that. Mm-hmm. So I had a lot of them trying to break the break the code, I guess. And it just, it was funny. Uh, and again, to Matthew, to answer your question, you will experience that. And they'll be curious about your story. Uh, they, they're, going, they're going to want to know if you cheated, she cheat sheet that you get even, um, and a lot of them are going to like, maybe think that there's baby mama drama. So again, there's a lot of things, there's a lot of things working against you already as a married, uh, as a divorced man, especially if you have kids, it's a very similar barriers that women who are single mothers experience. A lot of preconceived notions that are all assuming the worst and in the neg- most negative situations. So that's what you're going to have to overcome if you want to go back out there. And and I never took it personal. Like I said, I, I, I think I enjoyed how shocked everybody was and how well I took the divorce and how well I spoke of the ex-wife and I wished her the best. It shocked more women than anything. And they were all shocked at how much of an involved father I was. I love my kids. I always talked about them. And they loved that I had custody of them. Because again, seven days with the ex-wife, seven days with me, that was our arrangement. And a lot of them were so impressed that I was an involved father because apparently there's a lot of deadbeat fathers out there. Who just totally ignore their kids and just it spends zero time with them so again you're going to have the world against you going out there a lot of assumptions just be ready for that okay sandy hey i appreciate the smiley face uh dan i always assumed they were bots uh real people do uh do that like tesla yeah I, I what real people do that yeah they do You're automatically the villain. Yeah, you're automatically the villain too. You're the villain of the story, especially if the person you're dating knows somebody who knows your ex-wife. And um, there may be some that are proactively looking out or trying to date you because they've always wanted to date you. So again, that's one part of it that's going to happen. So again, don't take it personal. uh, Surprise them. And again, you have to be emotionally ready, dude. If you're going to go back out there and date, you can't have any bitterness. Don't you dare talk ill of your next wife. I don't care if she cheated on you. Uh, You know, don't take that anger and just transfer it over to the person you're dating. Just say it didn't work out. And I wish her the best. You know, we have a kid together, whatever the case is, she deserves to be happy. I deserve to be happy. We're moving on. Don't speak ill of them. And especially don't come off that you're destroyed and needy. Uh, You know, just work on yourself, man. And just have that confidence and optimism with life in front of you. And that'll blow them away. So why did you get divorced? Uh, stop it, TikTok. <laughs> I got tons of videos about that already. Come on. I got a whole podcast episode dedicated to that. So go check that out. Okay. Now back to number seven. I need to drink of water. Hold on. And like I said, um, I'm now monetized on YouTube. So if anybody wants to give me my first, I've never had a super chat on this channel. So if anybody wants to be the first super chat, that'd be cool. I haven't had one yet. So please, I'm just throwing that out there. And again, any donations you give is all going to go towards the show. I would appreciate that. Um, number seven. Here we go. And what I learned in the dating world after my diverse, divorce is that there are no gentlemen left. Uh, hold on. One second. I laugh because you said we love to solve murder mysteries. Yes, you do. Those prime time. What is the... the uh, that? And you love CSI. On CBS, you love the Dateline episodes about... This husband killed his wife and dumped his kids in a lake and wrapped them up in a mattress and y'all like that shit. I don't know why you have this like infatuation with murders is solving crime. So anyway, <laughs> um, yes, y'all are bad and y'all are y'all love that stuff. Uh, anyway, number seven is there were no gentlemen left. And uh, some may say that's not true, but it is. And I'll get to the comments in a bit. So let me explain. I remember because, again, I'm, a, I'm from the South. I'm Southern Texan, right? I was raised to be a gentleman and hold the door open for elders and for all women. When you pick up a woman on the date, you open the car door for them. That's just instilled in me. I call old people, sir. Uh, I, that's just who I am. Hold whoa, 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 whoa. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. <claps> Dan, you're the first one. Thank you so much. <laughs> My first super chat, everybody. Everybody on TikTok, to check this out. My first super chat. So thank you, man. I want I'm gonna I'm call him Dan Chat or something like. That. I gotta name him after you. So anybody who gets that will, will know they're from the beginning. So, dude, thank you so much, man. That, that means a lot to me. Thank you. And was I wasn't talking about. Oh, there's no gentleman left. Uh, like I said, I call I call old people sir. Uh, every, I'm just very. Uh, that's just who I am, right? So I remember when I first had a date with somebody, I remember telling her, "Hey, I'll pick you up." And she was telling me, no, I don't want you to know where I live. How do I know you're not a killer? I'm like, okay, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, I go, how about we meet at this place? And if you trust me at the end of the night, you know, um, we'll, I'll drive you home and we'll see, we'll, we'll see what happens. Let the night speak for itself. Right. It's just, okay. So I remember going out, we met at this bar and we're hitting it off. You know, she started touching my knee. I'm like, okay, this is going somewhere. And I guess we just, as we we're leaving, I opened the door for her and she goes, oh my God, you opened the door for me. I'm like, not a big deal. And I kind of looked at her like she was joking, like, what? Like, yeah. And she goes, you know, no one's opened the door for me since prom. And I'm like, are you serious? And she goes, yes. You know how many dates I go on and no one's ever opened the door for me. I'm like, you're you're messing with me. She's like, no. And I'm like, oh, my God. I go, well, I'm just an old school guy. So I'm going to open the door for you. So I opened the door for her. And when we got to her house to drop her off, uh I got parked in front of her her apartment and I turned off the car, she says, what are you doing? I'm "I'm just gonna walk you to your door. She says, what, really? I just wanna be sure you're safe and get get to your house. And she says, you're you're gonna be sure I'm safe? I'm like, yeah, I mean, maybe we'll get a kiss. I'm sure we'll get a kiss, but I wanna walk you to your door to make sure you're okay. And she's like, oh my God, that's nice of you. And we didn't kiss, but I'm like, anyway, that's fine. We hooked up the next week. But anyway, (laughs) I walked her to her door and she just couldn't believe that I just wanted to make sure she was safe. It's the equivalent, guys, if you drop off a woman at her house, and she doesn't walk, you don't walk her to her door, but she's getting out, walking to her house, the front door. You have to stay in the parking lot or in her driveway with the lights on and wait till she goes inside. If you start pulling away before she's even gotten to her porch, you're, you, you fucked up. You ruined that date. Is that, that's gotta be common sense, right? That's common sense. Is it? I hope it is. Cause apparently it's not. It, it, it little things like that, that I think that are normal, aren't done anymore. I'm like, why would I leave? I just want to be sure you get inside safe. It's so weird that the guys didn't do that. And I remember when I when I would pick up women on dates, I wouldn't text them that I'm outside. I would get out and knock on the door and like, oh my god, really? Most guys just call me and text me that they're outside. I'm like, no, I wanted to meet you at the door. It, it was so weird. It it is so weird, but yeah, just little things that are common and built in me, ingrained in my DNA. As a as a southern a South Texan, is not taught to today's youth. And there's a lot of young men who say, nah, fuck that. They're all tramps and they're all bitches and whatever else. And, and why am I going to do that? If she doesn't respect me, I mean, well, dude, there's respect goes both ways, but I'm going to respect people that I don't know until they don't deserve it anymore. And women are default. I'm going to treat every woman nice until she, I don't, until she's like disrespecting me, then I'm going to stop. You know, that's just what I, how I'm built. So (laughs) Everyone's like, uh, "Hey, what's up? How's it going?" It's rare now according to TikTok. Common sense back then, not anymore. It doesn't happen anymore offer a class for that. I should, old being an old-school gentleman. Uh, yeah, so little things like that. Opening the door for a woman, meeting her at the door, calling her, waiting till she gets in uh, waiting till she gets inside her house before you drive away. You know, sometimes for single mothers, you know, I would uh you know, if we started dating and she trusts me, I would just say, uh, maybe this was kind of like a two-way tactic, but I'm like, most of them are scared because they're living by themselves. Like, wait, do you want me to go check your place before we, before I leave? Some of them would say yes. Some of them wouldn't, but when I did, you know, things kind of led to, to, you know, escalated that night, but I would do just simple things like that. Just, um, just, I just want them to feel safe with me. And women would tell me that all the time they feel safe with me. And I that was so shocking to hear, like just being myself, making them laugh, not being angry about my divorce and hating women, not expecting anything about the divorce, not expecting anything in return because I'm paying for the dates. A lot of women told me they felt safe, and that was a that was a huge, a huge uh, part of why my dating life was, was so successful. And ladies in the chat, I'm sure they'll agree with everything I'm saying. They'll applaud with what I'm saying. I see it here. Just be yourself, guys. Just be yourself. Life sucks for everybody, right? But again, if you carry that hate. You're going to take yourself out of the game before you even suit it up. So enjoy life. Life's short, man. Let's see. All oh, right, so that's number seven. Let me get some more water. And again, Dan, thank you for the super chat. That's so cool. My first super chat. Awesome. I'm gonna dedicate my next video to Dan, Dan, the man, like you've never heard that before, right? <laughs> see all the women on tiktok saying yes i can confirm they're giving me that that emoji they, they love that dude tell me man just be, and be honest with them too if you're not looking to be serious with them just tell them, hey i'm not looking for a serious relationship right now i'm just looking to have fun they some of them will hate you most of them would not like what you're telling them but they'll respect you for not leading them on and not lying to them and, and again don't worry about the loss and so just say hey this is what i want and, and after all of us who've gone through divorce and heartache, you're tired of all the bullshit and you're tired of like maybe not speaking up for yourself like you did in the past. So now you're vocal like, hey, this is what I want. If you want a serious relationship, tell them. Hey, I'm looking. This is exactly what I'm looking for. But if you're not looking for anything serious, let them know and they will respect you for being honest instead of lying to them. OK. Everyone's saying everyone's saying applause over here on TikTok. You see, that's just it'll work. Uh, everyone's saying, I, did I say something funny? Yes. Assertivist. Yes. You see women. And again, there's a lot of, there's a definite lack of masculinity out there as well. Uh, I remember as a Gen Xer going out there, like what is up with this generation nowadays? So I don't know. It's, it's not my generation, but I'm assertive. I know what I want. Um, I'm not cocky about it, but you know, I know what I want and women will respect that as Michelle just said. So there you go, guys. There's confirmation. All right. So unlike all those other chats where you have the chat just primarily hating women or hating men, mine's a community of 50-50. And I want it to be an open dialogue to help each other because there's definitely a huge uh, gender war out there and a lot of negative information. And I'm not one for preaching hate. I want to just preach, you know, good advice and just to help people out there. So that's if you're new to my channel, that's what I'm all about. Thank you all the applause ladies. There's tons of ladies over here applauding me. So that's awesome. Anyway, so... That was number seven there were no gentlemen left now there's a small number of us i'm sure there is but the majority are not and guys stop calling women bra what a bro don't call a women bro what's wrong with you no my son did that i would like hit him upset the head like don't no stop that anyway <laughs> uh number eight uh, lessons i learned after my divorce about the dating world is your sleep schedule is going to change dude Oh my God! Like for your entire married life, and if you had kids, you probably went to bed at eight, nine o'clock for the past 10, 20 years, right? You can kiss that goodbye, man. Because when you start dating and going back out there, you're gonna go on dates on a Wednesday at eleven o'clock at night, meeting somebody at a bar. I'm serious. I, I that that happened to me. It was it was so weird for me to go out on a Wednesday. Or it's a Thursday night. I'm like, it's a school night, and you want to go where to what bar, what club? You're going to go out on weekdays and you're going to hate it at first, but then you're going to adjust to it because you're young. In a way, you're living that young life again, and you got to adapt to what is out there. And a lot of, and again, as an older guy, a lot of younger women were attracted to me. So I I dated a lot of young women as young as 23, 24, 27. It it was weird. And they want to go out and do things on weekdays. I'm like, oh shit, okay, let's go. So you had to adjust uh, to going out on weekdays. So your sleep is going to be messed up for a while. And in a weird way, I urge you to go out and have fun because I remember the first, there was like this part of me that says, I'm not going to go out on Wednesday. What the hell is wrong with you? I want to go to sleep. And again, I didn't have my kids, right? So it's not like I had an obligation to look after. If I had my kids, I wouldn't go out. But the nights I didn't want to go out that were just spontaneously just show up, and when I went out, turned out to be some of the best nights I ever had. Like the, the the one thing I loved about the single life is the spontaneousness of like, sometimes it'll be six o'clock and you don't have any plans. You know, some, you got ghosted and then you get a call from someone, Hey, we're over here. You want to meet us? There's some women like, or a, a girl will call you says, Hey, can I come over? So I love the spontaneousness of the single life. But I remember the nights that I didn't want to go out, but I made myself go out, turned out to be some of the best nights ever. So like I said, that's how you meet people. You're not going to meet people stuck at being stuck at home playing games or watching movies. And I get some of us are introverts. Some of us are extroverts. But if you want to experience life and meet new people, you got to go back. You got to go out there. And you have to be sociable. Are your kids still little? No, my daughter's 20. <laughs> uh, my son's uh, 16. And my my newborn, he's five months. And my fiance and I, I'm, I'm engaged. So anyway, yes. Yeah, so, so I don't go out anymore. I'd rather stay home and watch movies with my fiance um let's see here this this didn't apply to me at all well I mean everybody's different but like I said I remember I was dating this attorney uh and I'm like oh she's an attorney she's hot I'm definitely going to say yes but she was working she had this case and she was only available after 10 on a Tuesday I'm like I'm gonna go because she's hot (laughs) it is funny because she's now on TikTok giving relationship advice I'm like hey I know you she started laughing so I'm I'm not gonna say her name Uh, let's see here. Uh, I work nights and travel cross country and see my nine-year-old son. So my sleep schedule is ever changing. Oh yeah. That's, and again, jobs, things like that. A lot of things could come about, um, with that factor. So I totally get that. Uh, you, you may have to work two jobs now because now you're on a single income, not a dual. So yeah, your sleeping schedule will definitely adjust, but again, with the dating space. Yes. And then you'll get, maybe you're in bed. It's it's Wednesday and you'll get the call. Can I come over and like, sure, you got to jump in the shower and clean up and smell good and all that and get ready for a fun evening. So, yeah. And then you're going to be up till three or whatever. And then wake up again at four. And then, you know, what I'm talking about when I'm saying wake up again. So sometimes that that happens and you, it's it's so damn cool. It, it was fun. <laughs> thank you. Uh, thank you. I'm, I'm very happy. Very, very happy about that so again that was number eight your sleep schedule is going to change for the better or for the worse but it definitely will change uh number nine and again this ties to matthew's question in the dating world so again what i learned going back into the dating world is this having sex too soon can ruin a good thing and it's funny because i just had sterling cooper on my podcast on Monday, uh, his episode is going to be up next Monday. And if you know who he is, he's a retired adult star and he, he coaches men on being better lovers. He's, he's world renowned and he's super famous. So I'm actually kind of proud of that, that I landed a big get, but I mentioned this to him and he agreed. It's weird because ladies, uh, I'm going to tell you how a guys mind works. It, it's the honest truth. I mean, I'm always going to be honest with everybody. Um, guys kind of, kind of, more or less classify you in two categories, like depending on how you you carry yourself. You're either somebody we're going to take serious or somebody we're just going to have fun with. And it was usually the ones that we had fun with that, you know, it's how they carry themselves, how they spoke about their their dating life. They always talk, if they're talking about how much SEX they're having and they're dressed very scandalously and showing a lot of skin and being very flirtatious and touching you. I'm like, okay, this is somebody I'm obviously not going to marry, but she's fun. And I'm not going to judge her for that. So I'm just going to put her in the fun category. And there's a lot of women that were in that category. And it was just a mutual, like, um unwritten rule. But that's just the way it was. And then there's others that carry themselves respectfully and and uh, and are just smart and just uh, educated and uh, speak well about life. They have plans. or They're, they're business owners. They're going to school. Um Their the vocabulary is great. They're not saying or like if, after every sentence, you know, like that. I remember the first time somebody did that. I was like, what? Like, you know, he doesn't know what he's missing now. Like, OK, uh, they- <laughs> I was like, OK, uh, it's kind of a turn off. Maybe I'm being picky. I don't know. But I was like, no. So don't go. Don't, don't make those sounds. Uh- <laughs> Sorry. Oh, God. So, again, it's how you carry yourself is how we're going to uh really look at you and there were times where (laughs) i'm still laughing at them anyway there were times where uh (laughs) sorry oh god yeah that that dumbass doesn't know what he's missing now look check me out now like okay i guess it's the hot cheetos girl i don't know what you would call (laughs) anyway 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 But anyway, from time to time, you would meet somebody who was like, like, wow, you know, like she's 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 amazing. Instead of us seeing her and thinking, oh, my God, I'd like to bang her, you know, like she's fucking hot. We're looking at her like, wow, this is this is a woman here. This is somebody I respect. And believe it or not, we approach you differently. And I learned the hard way when you have when you're considering someone like, wow, she's carrying herself nice. I actually like her. She's somebody that I I admire and uh, I like the way she's she's talking and how she's carrying herself and i found out that if even sometimes we got drunk and things still happen right but it ruined it especially if you're really considering something deeper with this person because you can have fun that night you can have a wonderful evening but the next day you're you you, you change the entire situation change some of us may feel guilty about it some of us are maybe ashamed because we feel that you're going to look at us differently especially some of the women i dated it's like yeah he's probably gonna think i'm easy now i shouldn't have done that whatever and uh they'll break up and we'll stop they'll come up with something and like you know what you know we just moved a little too fast and uh we shouldn't have done that and i'm like yeah i agree so i found myself actually behaving whenever i met somebody who was like of character and like oh my god there's somebody i'm actually want to be serious with i would stop i would kind of hold off on doing anything intimate until you know i felt i knew her i wanted to, i wanted to invest time in her i wanted to vest uh to get to know her i wanted to find out what made her laugh what her favorite movies were what her favorite books were uh what, what what her plans were it's weird and the ladies like i said you're the gatekeeper you're the gatekeeper when it comes to this and i see somebody calling me a simp and it's always one of those dudes yeah you're a grown-ass man and you're using the word simp grow up dude anyway yeah you just approach them differently so, ladies, you're the gatekeeper when it comes to that stuff. I mean, if you want us to respect you, it's it's really how you present yourself is really how we go about doing that. And um, in doing something too fast, it kind of just changed things and it just kind of changed the mood. It's it's very similar to, well, not similar, but it's kind of the same thing when uh you have a, a female friend or somebody of the opposite sex. And again, I'm an advocate when I say that men and women cannot be close friends like 99.9% of the time, that's not going to work. Because something always can happen and will happen. Occam's razor. <laughs> and it, in my case, it did happen. And you know what? The friendship's now ruined because now you wake up the next day and we're like, yeah, we shouldn't have done that. Yeah, things are different now. So it, it changes the whole atmosphere of the uh, mood uh, of the friendship and, and just the um, the expectations. And you feel like you set a negative example and set maybe the wrong first impression. Excuse me one second. I'm gonna block this dumbass here. I can't stand grown grown men using the word simp. I mean you're you got a beard and gray, gray hair and using the word simp. Like, grow the fuck up, man. Jesus, man. Can't stand idiots like that. Anyway, yeah, so having SEX too soon can ruin can ruin a good thing. So again, that's just my advice out there. Take it slow, especially if you see maybe something in the future with them. So there you go. Hold on, let's see. Uh, Tony, I want to get back to as many comments as I can. Tony, I have a ten date rule for sex and X talk. Ten dates? That's that's what? Three months, dude. <laughs> hey, it's you each their own, man. If it works for you and it's worked in the past, good for you. But that ten dates, and especially if you have kids and your 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 schedules don't align, that could be three to four months. So, I mean, everybody's different. Everyone's situation's different. But a ten date rule for sex this is a guy saying this. I applaud you. That shows that you have some uh, moral character. Uh, I couldn't after the most I could hold out was maybe one or two dates. Uh, maybe three. No, I never went past three. But 10 dates, man, that's like, that's a long time. That's a long time to invest, but you know, good for you. Good for you. Good on you. Uh, Elo's heart or Michelle. <laughs> Uh, la no, same for guys. Don't sound dumb. Yeah. Don't do that. Northern Mexico is a that sound. Is that what it is? Okay. Or could become the focus. Yeah. Because I mean, yeah, there's relationships that you start off with and it's, it's intimate and that's all it's ever going to be. And you both understand that you have no preconceived notions of, Hey, this is actually gonna be something serious. We're going to move in together. No, it's just fun. And it's, it's fine. That's perfectly fine karma right me too okay i don't know what you're referring to again sorry it's out of context but again i appreciate that back to uh tiktok everyone's saying como hey uh, lucy <laughs> good to see you. <laughs> yeah some of these people on fa- on tiktok i've been they've been following me since the beginning so I-, I i enjoy seeing familiar faces it's been a while so i appreciate that uh dan again the one who gave me up for first super chat if I met somebody if I met someone like that I would have a scale I would have a scale I would throw date 0 just uh meeting for about an hour then by date 3 or 4 we are talking about future. really okay I mean that's you, you must be a great conversationalist because you know dates can vary de- depending on time so that can that can change so to come up with not talking about a specific topic until date 4 or 5 hey good on you good on you I just I, one thing I would advise, and again, if that works for you, I'm not going to change your, your mind, but what worked for me is just not going with any expectations. I, I never went on a date expecting this woman to be the future ex miss wife. You know, I never expected like, this could be the one she's hot. And I want her to like, and, you know, I want this to be a good thing. No, I just let the the evening speak for itself and just see where the night took us. So not having those expectations or that pressure on top of, you know, the evening I think kind of loosened me up and it just kind of made me comfortable and, and just going with the flow. And I think a lot of them appreciated that. So again, but to each their own, I'm not going to speak ill about anybody's uh, game or what they do. So let's go over. uh, Well, before we go to number 10, the last one, let me see here. Carmen Wright uh, is asking, uh, does age matter in a relationship? I don't think so. I mean, it could be like if you're older, dating somebody younger or vice versa. I think everybody has preferences and that's fine. I'm not going to be that guy who ridicules guys who say they want a slim woman or anything like that. Everybody has different preferences. So age, in my opinion, it doesn't matter. Of course, there's inappropriate ages when you're talking below 18 or under 20. Uh, that is kind of weird for me. But no, if they're if two they're consenting adults and they get along great, I mean, I don't see any problem with it. Like I said, uh, at thirty nine forty, I was dating. I remember the youngest I dated was 23. And I remember it being like, this is kind of weird. i like, what the hell are you going to talk about? Uh, but she was very mature for her age. And she was like an old soul. And she didn't want to go out. She just wanted to hang out and just do nothing. So it's weird. Everyone's different. Everyone's different. Somebody here, uh, she says, uh, she's 50, you're 52, uh, ma'am. <laughs> I call you a ma'am, mister. And he's 26. So... Uh, cool to each their own. I mean, it can be the opposite way too. So that is awesome. So if, as long as you both are happy, that's all that matters, right? To consenting adults. All right. So, uh, down to 10, uh, as far as lessons I learned, uh, about going out to the dating world, uh, after my divorce and after my number 10, uh, what time is it? 940. I can open up the chat to just random questions from, uh, TikTok, but I would prefer it to be on YouTube. So, again, I would, so I can share the question with everybody and please subscribe to my channel. Uh, number 10. And this is kind of sad, but I discovered that the world is full of lonely people and damaged people. And I was amazed by that. I, I guess, because again, I was um, going out to a space I hadn't explored in, in quite some time. And it just shocked me to see so many damaged people out there dating who shouldn't be dating. Uh, There's a lot of people who are dating just for just for the sake of distraction. They're not looking for anything serious. They're just used to having a body in their room or with them or somebody to text. And there's just a lot of lonely people out there who are just dating just to not be alone. And they're miserable. And... uh, And, you know, some relationships, you know, like I, they didn't work out. I go, hey, I know you're looking for this and that's just not me, but I'm open to let's just be friends. You know, we don't have to break up on bad terms. So I remember having a lot of female friends uh, and we would talk But then I got to see the real them. Uh, but there's just a lot of lonely people out there and um, they hide it well. And I'm and I and I shit you not. The most damaged people are often the ones with the best bodies. I'll say that again, the damaged people, the ones that are really messed up are the ones with the best physiques ever. It's weird. And I, uh, I remember seeing that as being a common trait with most people. They usually have the most insecurities, the most, the, the most jealousy or the most red flags and trauma in them. And, but they look hot. They were gorgeous. And it went for men and women. Like some of the dudes you know out there, ladies who go to the gym, who are gym rats, they are fucking broken. It's not all of them, but um, some, most of them are broken and they, they have to get that pain out with gym, squats, whatever. That's their, their release. And I remember I would go to the gym, but I would also go to therapy and I did a lot of meditation. So a lot of people tend to forget, as damaged as you are, as heartbroken as you are, everyone tends to go, hey, go to gym therapy, go to the gym. That's just your your, your body, man. You need a, What about this? What about your mind? <laughs> like I mentioned earlier at the very beginning when I told you that it's the power of the brain when you feel depression, you can change that energy by focusing on the now. But it's your brain that really t- dictates in how you're going to feel. And, and even though therapy not, may not be for everybody, uh, you have to heal that soul. You have to heal the inside because your outside can be amazing, flawless. You can look hot you can be the hottest person in the room, but you're also the most damaged. And I just remember a lot of people just putting an emphasis on the outer, on the outer piece and not the inside. And we see it all over TikTok. You know, like uh, they show, there's a picture of a guy with some girl. This is a guy that she, she dated. And this is the man I became because she dumped me. And he's at the gym all swole and everything. I promise you he's fucking broken. And again, if if you went from a small physique to somebody who's massive, that took years, brother. That didn't happen overnight. And you're still thinking about her that is unhealthy. So again, kids, anybody who's listening, uh, gyms, I I totally support the gym. Go. You need to release that anger, but you have to heal your brain and your, your mind, your mind, body and soul, man. You have to work in your mind. If you don't, if you don't, you're you're never going to heal from whatever trauma or heartbreak you've, you're trying to get over. So again, um, I'm all about the gym. Go take care of yourself. Be the best you can be. Go do squats, and uh, go film yourself doing squats and post them on social media. So he can see the asset he wanted that he didn't have. So you can spite him. And that's another thing. Lady, stop with the videos like that. That's so, I mean, I get that you're proud of it, but it's, it just like, stop. <laughs> that's an automatic disqualifier for me. If I was dating somebody and I saw her gym photos and all of us, all her gym photos are at the gym and she's doing that behind the butt pick in the mirror. And I'm like, okay, forget it. I'm done. I mean, are those are your best attributes, your body. I mean, we—I think we put a heavy emphasis on beauty, and uh, guys want a beautiful woman, you know. But I think inner beauty kind of uh, trumps outer beauty, in my opinion. In my opinion, and again, I'm speaking for myself. But again, uh, there's there's too much of an emphasis on that. But there were so many damaged people. I knew women who, and I, I've said this before. I knew women who would take either sleeping pills or NyQuil on Fridays and put themselves like in a coma. Uh, they would wake up once on a Saturday, eat some cereal, watch a movie, then take some more pills and put themselves to sleep. They purposely put themselves to sleep so they didn't be, so they weren't alone. So they can wake up Sunday nights and then go to work Monday morning. Ugh, a lot of women did that, uh, guys, uh, they did other things, but I remember just like, I was shocked about how many women put themselves to sleep because they didn't want to be alone. They hated being being alone. That is just it's like wow. Yeah, so there's a lot of lonely people out there and there's there's a lot of um anger. She cheated on me. She left me. I was a good man. And one thing that I will never do. A Star, what's up? Uh I will never exploit that hate or that pain. Uh like some of these podcasts and some of these uh channels and some of these viral videos you see That say women ain't shit, men ain't shit. I, yeah, there are some shit women out there. There are some shit men. There there are bad people out there. I totally, I've I've met them. I've dated some of them. That's the truth. But when channels just project all these stereotypes and just showcase nothing but just bad women and all these bad takes and like, oh, I cheated on my boyfriend. That's all they showcase. They're just fueling and exploiting your pain. That's all they're doing. Hate is easy to sell. And that's all they're doing. They know you see that. They know that you're going to react to it. And if you click and share it, guess what? You're going to see more of that. And before you know it, hate is going to consume you. And you're just going to be full of hate and a bitter guy or a bitter woman because you hate men. Don't let that consume you. Uh, divorce, heartbreak, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. I don't care how perfect you think you are. Shit happens. That's just life. It's how you react to that trauma and that heartache is what dictates your character and the person you are. Okay. You can feel bad for yourself. You can have a pity party, but not for a long time. Get the fuck up, you know, learn from it. Take some accountability, take some accountability. Like, okay. Was I the perfect husband? Was I the perfect husband boyfriend? Do an evaluation. I, I promise you, you probably weren't. And uh, that's why she left you. Yeah, I was a good man. Were you a good man? You know, were, or were you boring as hell? Was she trying to do things with you? And you always said, no, she would bring up ideas. You would just shoot her down and say, no, I don't want to do it. And that happened for years. And she finally it just fed up and left. Yes, she gave her a house. Yes, she gave her security. But you just didn't want to do shit. You know, is that her fault or yours? You have to evolve as a husband or a boyfriend. You know, you have to evolve and become better. People You just can't be stagnant and just stay in this one place. You have to be better. So, yeah, it's uh, don't let heartache destroy you, man. We all have had our heart broken. We've all had been cheated on. We've all, we've all lost our house. We've all lost through either like I I don't know, a disaster or we've all gotten fired, but you have to get the fuck out, man. It's okay to feel bad for yourself for just a little bit of time, but get up, dust yourself off and learn from that experience. All my exes, I had a few exes that cheated on me and you know what? I am glad that did and I'm glad I dated them. And I don't regret a damn thing. Cause you know why? Cause it taught me a lot about myself. And it taught me a lot of what I learned. And I wouldn't be the man that I am today if it wasn't for the divorce and all that heartbreak that I experienced in the dating world because you learn from it, man. I mean, you know, I ignored the red flags because she was hot. I made exceptions to my standards because she had an ass. You know, all these stupid reasons. And when I evaluated my behavior with some of these toxic women I dated, there were tens, right? I wanted a 10. Everybody wants a 10. But when you find out like, hey, I was a simp. I was an idiot, you know. I made exceptions to my rules, and it, only because she was next to me, and I will never do that again. So again, learn from your mistakes, guys. Learn from these this trauma. Don't carry hate. Hate's gonna destroy you. And misery loves company. Misery loves fucking company. Stop that. Uh, I, I can't stand some of these channels that are just berating women and berating men, and they have like a half a million followers on YouTube, and like the chat is just full of just toxic incels and just bitter women all this bullshit. Stay away from that. That'll destroy you. No one likes to be around somebody filled with hate. You're never going to have a successful date in life. If you're consumed with hate. So work on that, learn from it, be better. Hey Angela, what's up? That's my good friend there. We need to do a live uh, collab soon. I know we never disagree on anything and it's like an echo chamber, but we need to do a live pretty soon. Dan, my first uh, super chat. Uh, thanks for the good talk, bro. Uh, what's GTG mean? Good to ah fuck. I don't know these abbreviations, man. Come on. So you got to You got to give me another chat and tell me what GTG means. Yeah, faux show. Oh, good to go. Okay. You see, I'm not hip, dude. I don't speak jive like these young people. So you got to help me with these abbreviations, man uh but yeah heal from your wounds people don't divorce sucks i'm just going to end the topic for right now but then i'm opening up the floor to questions again everybody on tiktok i urge you to go to youtube subscribe to my channel i definitely want to get 10,000 subscribers in the month and a half you can help me get there i know you can i got almost 300k people there on my tiktok page so go help me and i'd love to showcase your your question on the screen so do me that solid uh but yes um if you don't heal from your wounds, you'll bleed. Yeah, yeah. And you know what, if let, let's say you don't heal from your wounds, right? And you go out and you're angry and you're just looking for distractions. What if you date and meet the woman you've always wanted and you push her away cause you're bitter as fuck and you're just, you scared her away cause you're just damaged. So <laughs> you're gonna ruin your chances. And is it really fair Ladies and I know a lot of you do this too. So I'm not just calling out dudes. I'm calling out just people with bad bad habits. Is it fair if, if to go out damaged? You know you're damaged. You're just looking for distraction. I want to get laid. I just I just need somebody to give me attention and tell me how how hot I look. Is it is it fair for you to go out there and find a good man and just use him? No, it's not fair. And it's not fair for a guy to do that to yourself. So again, that's all I saw in the dating world when I say there's a lot of damaged people. There's a lot of people out there who have no damn business dating. And they're just using you for sex, attention, to uh, an emotional support, or they're using you to rebuild their confidence because you're just telling them all day, every day, you're hot. You're hot. You're hot. They're using you. There's a lot of people that use them. There's a lot of people that will use you. So just be cognizant of that. Be conscious of that. And also just be careful with who you allow in your heart. If you, if you're already planning on moving in with a guy and you've known him two months, you're an idiot. I'll repeat that. If you know, if you know anybody and you've only known them a couple of months and you're moving in, you're an idiot and you're just asking for trouble. So don't do things. Don't make, don't make, uh, leaps of faith that way. I mean, the chances of you failing and it working against you are more than likely going to happen. So just be, be careful with who you allow in your hearts and just just protect yourself, don't rush into anything. I mean, what was it Dan earlier who said he doesn't he use his 10 date rule. I promise you that's over years of experience. And again, I may not agree with the 10 date rule, but it works for him and he's protecting himself. So I respect the hell out of that. So, I mean, just be careful with who you allow. Okay. So I'll open the floor to questions. So again, uh, any questions you have, let me know. I know there are some questions earlier in the chat. Let me go to YouTube here. Uh, see what questions were. So again, Matthew, uh, I hope my questions, uh, I hope this, this is the first question I got from the chat. I hope this answered your question. Uh, If I can just add more to your, to uh, the answer, take your time. There's no rush on dating, bro. Uh, It's five years, I think is a healthy amount of time to heal and get over it. Uh, but again, like I mentioned, you're going to meet a lot of women who don't want to date guys who have kids. Just like, again, there's a lot of men who don't want to date women who are single mothers. You're going to meet that too. A lot of women want to be the center of attention and they're going to think you have baby mama drama and they don't want to get involved in that. So they're going to put all they know and have known on you. So expect that pushback. And if you have kids, like I said, um, that's going to be a problem but again you're also going to win a lot of women over by showing them how involved of a dad you are Uh, women respect a man who's an involved dad because again there's so many deadbeat dads out there so that's going to win you some points as well but again i hope that answered your question Uh, somebody on tiktok says i got used for a green card yeah uh uh but it is okay i feel better without every person yeah dude i mean that's why i always uh, i don't want to say i'm laughing at your situation but when i live in san antonio which is like five miles five miles five hours from uh mexico so the whole passport row movement where they're saying i want a woman uh, who's traditional and is beautiful and that won't screw me over men in san antonio white men hispanic men have been doing that for forever and in 50 50 50 50/50% of the time it doesn't work out in their favor they'll find somebody who's beautiful they get married and then before you know it they'll come back to the states and not only does she move back to the states with him she brings her her parents her siblings and now he's got a whole house of her family and in a few years she divorces him and he's lost his house so again uh <laughs> good luck with the passport bro thing i mean i don't uh, there's a lot of people that i just i laugh when i hear them saying they're going to do that I think it's stupid that some young men out there think that the entire U.S. population, as multicultural as we are, uh, there's no good women. So they're leaving the country to go find other people. So look, you live and learn. Go find out for yourself and let me know how that happens. Let me know how it works out for you. I cannot wait to hear your story. (laughs) You see, women respect a man who's a good father because there's not many of them out there. Yeah, Manny, be careful with that. Like I said, just be careful with that. I do need a lawyer to look over my uh, divorce agreement uncontested or we should go. Yeah, I mean, uh, yes, he got an attorney for that. I'm like, I'm nowhere equipped to answer that question, dude. So uh, I wish you the best. Let me see here. Any other questions here? Just want to be sure I want to get to as many as I can. Amen, brother. Never let their misery turn you into the monster they are now. Yeah. And kind of uh, going back to what I was saying earlier, don't allow this breakup to destroy you because why give your ex the satisfaction? They want you miserable. You're never going to find anybody better than me. Yeah, I'm the best you've ever had. So, yeah, you're never going to find anybody better than me. So all that anger and hate, why are you going to give them the satisfaction of winning? Like they want you miserable. They want you ruined for a man. They want you to never have find a healthy relationship because they're miserable. Remember when I said misery loves company? Yes, they want you miserable. So don't let them win. Heal from it and be and find a woman or a man that you've always wanted and have that relationship that you've always wanted and, and the one that you deserve. And that's true revenge. What's that one hip-hop video that says defeat your enemies was with success? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That's what you want to do. Let's see. Um, Let's see. My wife and I got married after five months of dating. Okay. Well, I always say you want to take a couple of years, but five months. Okay. We are now married 13 years now. Not sure how we've made it, but we're still going. Uh, Again, I'm glad it worked out for you. I would never, uh, I don't want to say approve or allow. That's kind of like the wrong phrasing, but I think that's way too soon. I've I've said many times, you want to see the person you're going to marry in all their seasons at their worst. How do they react when things don't go their way? Let's say they get fired. How are they going to react? Are they going to fall into a bottle and just dwell dwell their sorrows sorrows in alcohol? Or are they going to build up a resume? So you want to see them at their worst and see them in all types of situations. Uh, Because life, as I'm sure you know, and everybody here knows, is fucking hard. It's not easy. You have brief moments of happiness, but there's always something that comes up. And as you get older, then you have parents that get sick and things that happen. What if you have a special needs kid? There's Life is fucking hard, man. So you want somebody that you know you can, you have no doubt that they're going to hang and be there for you through better or for worse. So five months is not enough time. But again, you're the exception to the rule, man. So again, I'm happy you're happy. Charles here. I, I got used for attention and online therapy. Yep. Charles, I will, the same thing for me, dude. I mean, like you meet a woman, especially when we're young, you meet a woman and she's just telling you all her problems and you're like, what, he did what? Like, why is your mom that way? You don't deserve that. Like he dumped you. I'm sorry he did that. You know, we're their therapists and we're boosting them up. And before you know it, you know, we're more or less used as, as a, an emotional crutch and to get their confidence up and then they go date some other guy. So yeah, I've been there. So yeah, don't, I'm glad you learned your lesson. And uh, to any guy out there, any woman out there, if somebody's just venting their problems, you're not their therapist. Let them know that. I mean, if you care for them, that's a different thing, but you're not their therapist. If they're just constantly bringing their problems and what's wrong, then that's a definite red flag that they're not ready to date and they need to go talk to somebody. So again, Charles, don't be, I know you feel sheepish. We've all made the same mistake, everybody has. So don't be too hard on yourself, right? We've all been a simp at one point, but again, we all learn from that. So it, it happens. It happens. How vulnerable can a man be with his wife? Okay, um, I'm uh, being the, that's my second go round uh, from being a husband. I think okay, we're not dating, we're married. I I think a man could be vulnerable with his wife. Um, I feel that every man, if he's vulnerable, that's showcasing to the wife and letting everybody know that, you know what? He trusts you, that he can share this vulnerability. Now, as a man, I know now that if I'm vulnerable or or if there's a problem, I'm going to have a solution. I'm not going to look to her for problems to solve my problem. I'm just going to say, Hey, this is what's going on. And this is my plan of action. This is what I want to do. But I feel you have to be, you have to be. And especially when you're younger, when things are going great, and you're both healthy and you both look beautiful. That shit is easy. You know, but when you get older and life starts hitting you, you know, ailments in your body start to happen. And for example, like this past year, my dad. In the past two years, my dad had dementia. The most fucking horrible experience I've ever had in my life, and to see my dad disappear was the hardest thing I've ever been through. And he passed last uh, last summer, and I'm still recovering from that. But my my love witch, she was there for me. I was probably at my lowest and most vulnerable point ever, and she held my hand. I remember just being at the funeral home, just like to myself. And all of a sudden I would feel this and that alone, my God, I'm getting emotional right now, but just her there, she didn't leave. She wasn't bitching about nothing. She was there for me. And whenever I couldn't answer a question, she would chime in, but she was there. And when moments like that, when life starts to hit, when life starts to happen, you have to be vulnerable. You have to be vocal about what's what you're feeling and how much you miss somebody or you're not a hundred percent. You have to. And I think that's just not, that's an evolution of the relationship because as you get older, you know, things start not going your way. So you have to be, but when you're young, like I said, and things are going great, they may, that may be frowned upon in the younger circles because uh, it's new, you know, but as you get older, you have to, I, I think that's the ultimate sign of trust. Uh, And I think everyone deserves a spouse to be there for them at their lowest. Vulnerability um, doesn't happen often for a man. uh, But when it does, uh, we don't even expect a lot. We don't even expect special treatment because we were raised to don't be a sissy and crying for sissies and cowboy up. I'll give you something to cry about. That video that I shared on my TikTok page of this one guy saying that his wife left him and he's by himself. Look at the comments. Guys are calling him a pussy. Like, man up, dude. All this bullshit. And he was just being vulnerable. I mean, being vulnerable on social media is a totally different thing. But he was being vulnerable. Look at the attacks that he was getting. So that's what we're used to. And when our spouse is there for us at our lowest and to help us, when it does happen, we want that. So, yes, I think it's okay it shouldn't be, it shouldn't happen all the time again, but when it's appropriate and it's uh, life comes at you, then yes. Yes. I mean uh, like uh, some of the things that I never expected to happen uh, just to kind of give you some, let me give you some uh, life events. So some of these things are the worst life events that I went through or I knew people that went through that you don't expect to happen or like you're doing it and you're in the middle of this process. And you don't expect it to happen. This is how life can come and hit you sometimes in the face. And when you think you're young, I it had this preconceived notion when I was younger that if I did everything right and if I followed the rules, I would everything would fall my way. That that was just my me being naive about life. But for example, the, and again, I'm tying to the vulnerable vulnerability piece, Angela. Uh, Angela, so I had a friend, a friends of mine that were or a couple. Smart, brilliant, uh, worked out all the time. They they were pregnant. Things were going perfect. He just got the promotion, they were building their house. She was pregnant. They were building the nursery. They're in their early 30s, late 20s, and things were going wonderful. The baby died. Stillborn. It destroyed their marriage. And they got divorced a year later. And like, what the fuck? That's not fair. they they're, they're healthy. Life was going, they build a house. They were building a nursery for their son and they had a stillborn. And that's something you don't think about until it happens. And that's what I mean by you want to marry somebody who's going to be with you in those moments because shit like that happens. And you're like, fuck, uh, I didn't see this coming. This is not fair. That's life. So you want somebody who's going to be a strong and be there with you when you're going through that hell. And they ended up selling their house. They, they only lived in it for three months and they sold it because they couldn't stand looking at the nursery and it's insane, but that's exactly what happened, uh, for me, there was this one moment where my mother-in-law died back in 2009 and I remember she died of pancreatic cancer, just like she was sick. She had a stomach ache in December. She was dead in March, totally fucking fast, insane. And my kids grew up with her and my my kids watched her. I mean, my my mother-in-law watched my kids and she was our daycare. How do you go into your daughter's bedroom and tell her Nana's in heaven? How do you do that? When your wife, her mom died and like, how do you handle that? You don't think about things like that, but you have to go tell your daughter that Nana's in heaven. How do you tell? How do you? How do you even wrap your head around that? That moment, I didn't know what to do. I didn't want to go into that room and tell her. And this is in two thousand nine. And I told her that, hey, I I got some sad news. But Nana went to heaven, and um, she's an angel now. That's the best I can come up with. And she goes, is she okay? Well, I'll I'll pray, and you know I'll tell her hi in my prayers. But can she come back and visit me? And I'm like, no, no, she can't. But we'll, we'll see her one day. She will always be with you. You know all these cliche things, and I left the room and I fucking broke down, and I just cried. But again, your 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 wife is beside herself, destroyed, and you're destroyed. You have to carry each other. You you have to hold each other and just be there for each other. And you know what, ladies and gentlemen, all the young people here that are listening, if yours if your wife's mom or dad dies, guess what? She's maybe changed. She may be different. She may not see life the same way. That fun, you know, going, uh, spontaneous woman that you fell in love with is now gone because her dad died. Are you gonna divorce her because she's not the same, or are you gonna evolve and change with her? It's it's moments like that that you don't think about when you're young. I didn't think about that when I was young. And you're thinking about this not fucking fair. Like, why is it like this? She's different now, she's not the same. It's been a year since she died. What kind of asshole is going to leave their husband, leave their wife because she's now changed since her mom died and she's still mourning? You have to change. There's, you, you have to understand in marriage, there's going to be a few years and it's not your fault. But there may be years where you're going to have to be next to your spouse and they're going to take priority and you're not. Does that make sense, everybody? I hope it does. Like, you're, if you're selfish and say, you know what, I want to have sex, I need to get laid, you know, I'm 29 and I'm horny, blah, 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 she's not giving me the sex I want. You have no fucking business being a, a, a married man because you're not a man. You're a selfish prick. And I was a selfish prick. And I'm calling myself out. So you have to adapt to that. Marriage is fucking hard. And there's not enough social media channels out there that showcase that. It's all pranks, traveling, looking beautiful you know, and making dance videos. That's like 4% of what life is like, but it's fucking hard, really hard. So, okay, look at the, look for example, I wish you could put that on my YouTube page here, but look, there's a woman here in my TikTok page right here. She says, my ex told me three months after my dad died, if I didn't get over it, we have a separation. How fucked up is that? See what I mean? There's a lot of people out there that have no damn business getting married. And I'm sorry. I don't know what your name is. It's an abbreviation with some numbers, but I'm sorry you went through that because that's pretty fucked up. She says, I wish I was lying. Uh, no, I believe you. I believe you because it, it happens more so often than you think. I've had uh, women tell me that they were in the emergency room with a life-threatening injury. And uh, or something happening and there they were filed divorce papers because their husbands couldn't handle that. My fiance was engaged to this this doctor years ago and she had a life threatening occurrence back in 2017. He dumped her in the emergency room. So if you're young and if, if this is like uh, maybe persuading you not to get married, then good. Then you're not ready for it. you needed to hear this. Uh, And like I said, not many channels talk about this type of topic and how how hard life can be. It really can. Uh, One second. That's really effed up. Uh, And again, you want uh, somebody in your life who is going to fight for you and be there for you and hold you when you're low. And is going to be there by your side. You want that. It's an absolute must. Awesome, Charles. Thank you for the salute, man. Star, thank you, man. Preach again, man. I'm just, I hope this helps people out there. And if, like I said, man, maybe I shouldn't get married, well, then good. Don't put that woman or that man through that. Uh, We we live in an age where this just so self serving, you know, it's all about me and what I want and what I can get. You have to be selfless when you get into marriage. And that's why I said, and I will continue to say, not marriage is not for everybody. I think it's maybe like 3% of us are, are equipped marriage the the rest of us were equipped for maybe a good five seven years but after that now we're probably gonna just get bored or do something else or cheat or do something like that so it's the truth so if you're young in your 20s and engaged have these conversations with your with your fiance because it matters it things like this matter (laughs) sweet poster uh return it's my favorite movie dude at some point, her husband needs uh, some attention as well. Only uh, One can only hold her for so long. That's bullshit, man. Let me give you another example what you're not thinking about. And I've sp- this is one of my first viral TikToks back in 2021. You have a kid. It's a healthy boy, girl, whatever. Healthy. You're now parents. Guys, do you have any idea chemically what it takes for a woman's body to make a human being? And that it can take months if not a couple of years to recover from that whole transition and some women do get postpartum depression because chemically they're just they're they're it's they made a kid dude they made a human being and they may go through depression they may not want to have sex they may not want to um give they may not be they can be totally changed like i said they could be a happy person go lucky but then this changes them and it's natural Then she needs help and you're gonna give her shit because she's not giving you sex. What kind of fucked up, selfish prick are you gonna be? Come on, and you have to be selfless, man. I'm not, I'm not calling you out, but I'm calling a lot of men out there. That happens. That that happened a lot in my friend circle, and a lot of guys were like, "No, nah, I need to get laid, man. Fuck that." No, she needs to get over that shit. And what do other guys say? Well, her mouth still works. So I do that. Blah, blah, blah. And I remember like sitting in that conversation, like, "Yeah, this is this is not right. This sounds so fucked up." <laughs> and again it goes back to the point that not many people are just cut out to be married so you have to think about things that way in, in situations like that because life can be hard and um, I had a, a few friends of mine uh, that live in McAllen and they got married and now they have a special needs kid who has autism but it's like severe autism we did everything right honey, we worked out we we were freaking vegans. We, we were the most, this couple was the most healthy couple I've known. They look healthy. He looks like Ryan Reynolds. He's so damn good looking and, and his wife is like a, like a dancer. They're gorgeous. People don't even drink no drugs. And they had a kid with severe autism and now they're exhausted. They're still still together, but they're exhausted and it's, it's taking a lot out of them and it's changed the happy-go-lucky couple. They were, it, it's still there. But now all their attention is dedicated to their kid. Did they deserve that? No. But again, that's how life is. You don't. You can be doing everything right. And then life will come and punch you in the nose. And say, well, you thought life was going smoothly? Guess what? Boom. You didn't ask for it, but it happened. So you have to think about things like that. And again, I don't want to say like... And I can hear like some of the young people saying like, oh, this guy's like a fucking negative Nancy or he's just thinking about all the worst things that can happen I'm not thinking about it this fucking happened this happened to people that I know and it's happened to some of the women and men that have shared stories with me I've shared this story plenty of times this guy worked in the oil fields spoiled his wife hot wife he made six figures he got hurt on the job she dumped him because he, he couldn't give her the life that she wanted she wanted to be spoiled. She wanted to be the center of attention. She wanted that closet of Louis Vuitton purses. And that's all she posted. But when he hurt his back and couldn't work in the field some more, she fucking divorced him. So again, I know these guys, I know a lot of young men are like, I need to get money, but God gonna get money. Okay, you're getting money for what? For yourself or just to attract women? And why are you doing that? Are you, You're you attracting women who only want you for their mo- for your money. That's, that's completely superficial and tra- transactional. You should be looking for a woman who wants you for the man you are, not for the life that you can give her. You want me to repeat that? I'll repeat it. You should be looking for a woman who wants you for the man you are, not for the life you can give her. Because life, as I've said many times, is fucking hard. And if you get laid off, she's. A, it's okay, honey. I'm here with you. We're going to rebuild and we're going to be stronger than ever or she's going to fucking ghost you. And then you're going to be bitter and jaded because, oh, I lost everything. And she fucking left me. That bitch. Women ain't shit. No, you just, you're stupid. And you didn't think the, the down the road. You just saw the corner, but you didn't think about the road ahead. And you didn't think about the worst things that can happen to you. It happens, dude. It happens. Question, can men get depressed after a child's birth? Yes. Yes, they can. I'll talk about that. Dude, that's a great question. I wish you would type it up on YouTube. Go now. Hey, Bill, what's up? Thank you, Angela. You know I will. And my good friend, Bill. Where you You know, Bill, I went live tonight expecting to see you <laughs> as my first comment. And I, I was disappointed when I didn't see that. You were the MVP of the last live. So, I, ex- Bill, I expect you every live to be here, dude. All right? That's our commitment. That's <laughs> So, it is what it is, all right? You're obligated to be here, man, right? And I want at least 5 comments per life, minimum. <laughs> uh, Bill, uh sometimes situations change people so much that they start breaking boundaries. Yep. And basically have a midlife type of crisis. Yes. And do some things that they are not getting over for either of Yep. Yeah, you're right, man. No, no, I don't care you can bring your phone in the shower. <laughs> oh God. Okay. So this is a question here. Um, and I can kind of really. Somebody's asking on TikTok: Uh, can men get depressed after a child's birth? Yes. And my, my fiance, my love, witch just had her son and he's six months. Right. And I felt it, but it didn't impact me the way it would have when I was younger. So let me explain when it's just you two and it's husband and wife and, it's a wonderful life. You guys are doing things, you're traveling, you're doing you're, you're enjoying each other. And I advise everybody who gets married, do not have kids right away because you only have a small window to be husband and wife. Once you have kids, husband and wife is 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 not the priority. It's not the kid. And it life it's a paradigm shift. So enjoy a good five years of husband and wife stuff. Have a good time, travel, enjoy that companionship, and then bring a the kid in. But again, to each their own, whatever you want. But When a kid comes in, the kid gets the attention. Obviously, he's a baby. He can't even feed himself. So, and I felt that. Let me explain what I felt. Like with my love witch, we were traveling. I've never dated a woman who who didn't have kids. So I was spoiled with attention. I was spoiled with gifts. I was spoiled with just undivided attention. Like she was just at my beck and call and I was at her beck and call. And I had loved that because again, I had never experienced that. And we have our kid, and then I'll, I noticed, and I expected this because I've had kids before. And then we have a kid and then I'm not the priority. And I remember feeling like, okay, I know we're different, but I feel this change. If I were younger and an idiot, I would have been depressed. I would have been maybe angry. Uh, and just like, man, I'm not the center of her attention. Anymore. I'm not the center of her world. But no, I expected that. And it's, 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 a, it's a change. And I knew it was coming. I knew what that feeling was like. And I expected it. And I now know that. I am not the center of attention, which is perfectly fine. My son deserves it. He's our baby boy. And she had given up on kids, and now she's holding a beautiful baby boy. So seeing her happy with our son makes me more happier than the attention I received. Does that make sense? But there are some men out there, especially young men, and I'm talking to all the young men out there, who will get jealous of the kid and angry about the situation and angry that things changed. And again, that just tells everybody and yourself that you weren't ready for marriage because change is inevitable change happens. And this is a part of the change. So if you feel jealousy, depression, anger, because now you are not getting the attention. Now you're not having all the sex that you wanted before. uh, She doesn't look as hot all that other bullshit. You weren't cut out to be married. Yes. It's normal to feel that way, but you can't, you can't act that out. You have to expect that change. So yes, there are some men I think there's a story about how Tommy Lee was angry at Pamela Pamela Anderson when they had a kid. He felt the same thing. So I, I think there's a story about that. But yeah, it is. Men can feel depression uh, after the kid. And you can have a healthy boy. And it's scary because kids, my God, I mean, there's like a billion things that can go wrong when the kid's you know, in the oven. And if you have a healthy kid or a healthy daughter son, I mean, that's a, that's a blessing beyond belief, man. So. And now you have a healthy family. You have what, quote unquote, everybody wants. You have a, a, a home. You have the family that you've wanted and you dreamt of. And you're going to be angry because you're not getting laid enough. And you're not getting attention. Grow the fuck up. Be a man. of, Be a husband. Be a father. Grow up. So there's my advice. Let's see. Some people don't have five years to enjoy each other. Fertility decreases with age. Oh God. Okay. Well, um, yeah, I mean, medically I'm not a doctor. So I'm just saying make the most of it because again, once that kid comes in the alone time that you and your husband have is gone. It's, it's gone. It's gone for the better, or for worse. It's gone. Your life will never be the same. Never be the same. It, it, it changes and some people can't handle the change you know, like, ah, oh, she used to be this and this and that and that, and she doesn't even give me head no more, blah, blah, blah. Like, some idiots will say shit like that. And some men will want sex, and if if you have a situation where you have a, a you made an arrangement with your wife, hey, I want you to be a stay-at-home wife, and let's say you have multiple kids, she could be touched out, man. I don't know if any of you know what touched out means, but she could be touched out because she's exhausted. She's been with uh, kids all day. And anybody who says being a parent is an easy job and that's nothing, you <laughs> you're speaking completely from a place of naiveness, ignorance. You don't have no fucking idea what it's like looking after a kid, especially when they're toddlers and all that. So she can be touched out and not want, she may not be in the mood. You can't expect her to be in the mood or she's been, you know, taking care of your kids all damn day, you know, so you got to adjust, you got to make plans. It's not going to be you, man. You're not going to be the center of attention. You have to think about that. And that's just part of life. You know what, I, you, know, fuck, you know what I do? I'm going to start a wedding, like a engagement boot camp. And I'm gonna scare a lot of people out of their marriages. I'm gonna start that like a course. Like you want, you think you're ready to be married? You think you're ready for this shit? Okay, Let's sign up for this three three hour session. If you pass, then yeah, you I'll sign off that you're I've approved your wedding and you're gonna be great to go. If not, I'm gonna I'm gonna decline it. And if you want to continue to get married, and go right ahead. And you see, these are conversations I think people don't have. And if I can recall, I think a lot of people are scared to have these type of conversations uh, as they're engaged because they don't want to stir up the pot or upset him or her. Because ladies, what if you're in love? Let's say you're blindly in love with the man that you're engaged to right now. And you go, babe, I've, I've got a question for you. If for whatever reason, let's just say I have postpartum depression, you know, we have a kid and chemically I'm just not there and I've changed and it's going to take a couple years for me to kind of get back to where I was. Are you going to be patient with me? And if he says, yes, babe, I'll be there for you. If he says, fuck, no, no, I don't expect you to be in that space for a while. No, 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 no. I mean, no. If he starts saying shit like that... Red flag! Don't take any of his semen. I mean, don't have kids with him, so have conversations that like that. Have those uncomfortable conversations. Yes. What about midlife crisis for men? Does that happen a lot? Yes, it does. I, I guess I could touch on that as well. Uh, but... Yeah, I think having those uncomfortable conversations is very important because there's so many things that can happen in life as I've kind of gone on this tirade here and let everybody know. And even if he says he'll be patient, it's no guarantee. Yeah, I guess I would then default to say, go with your gut instinct or your women's intuition. And guys, if you are making bank and you have that arm trophy that you've always wanted, ask her like, babe, you know what? My business is doing great. Three years of Jess, you know, I'm out of the red. And I just see nothing but just prosperity. And we're doing great. But if a pandemic happened and I lost my job, would you stay with me even though we we're broke? And if she goes, you better not be broke forever, bitch, or like that, whatever. Red flag! Don't marry her. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, again, ask those questions, and questions. And, and feel it out. Maybe they're lying. Maybe they're not. I don't know. But I'm a big... I have this x-men mutant power of reading body language i was a cop for a couple years back in 2005 and 6 and i was known as the body language guy i can just read people's body language if they're uncomfortable if they're lying so that's just my skill set so if i'm saying looking at the body language and see what it tells you see what it tells you but yeah ask tell her that are we gonna be all right babe no you better get your ass back to that job and you know if she's marrying you because of the life you can give her red flag Like, you remember those those stories, those movies, like Coming to America, Eddie Murphy, who was a prince of uh, Zamunda, and he was rich, but he went to Queens looking for his queen, but he pretended to be poor because he wanted his queen to fall in love for the man he is. So why the fuck are you going to flash your money and attract a, a, a woman who's materialistic? Go with Akeem. <laughs> go with Akeem's approach and go watch Coming to America after this live. It's a great movie. Don't watch the sequel. Watch Coming to America. Do that. When you think of garbage, think of Akeem. <laughs> Sorry. I love that damn movie. Oh, God. I am writing a book. Uh, oh, God. I, I, I need to work on that faster. I got so many books. Uh, midlife crisis for men. Yes, uh, we do hit that. It can vary per person. That can be... Uh, I know some guys have had a sexual midlife crisis. I mean, they married their high school sweetheart. 21, And here they are in their 40s. And like, oh, I've only gotten one BJ from one woman my entire life. I need to go explore. I know women, vice versa. I've only had one D my entire life. I don't know what another man feels like. So people freak out because it's now or never. It's now or never, you know. And people freak out. Uh, I never bought that bike. It it could be a lot of things. I mean, it could be like my wife didn't let me. Go on that trip, uh, buy that car. It could be many things, but yeah, definitely. It can last until, to answer your next question, it it depends. Everyone's different. It can last until it's fulfilled. I don't know. Everyone's different. But yeah, when you, I think I passed my midlife crisis. I didn't have one, but I think I was single. And like I said, all my sexual fantasies I fulfilled when I was single. But anyway, that's behind me now. But if I didn't fulfill that, I think that would be like, damn it. Because if you think about it right now, all the young people right now who are listening, including myself, anybody is on the chat. This is the most beautiful you'll ever look. The best you'll ever feel right now. And if you're taking selfies because of your body and all that, and you look great, great. You're not going to look like that forever. So, again, enjoy who you are now and take advantage of the life that you're living. Make the most out of it. Seize the day. And it's only going to go downhill from there. (laughs) <laughs> so yes midlife crisis happened for everybody yes men and women that's why women get implants mommy makeovers guys get hair restoration surgeries like I did uh, it could be many things dating a young woman but again it's funny how they come to us we don't go to them it's so weird but it, it can vary it can vary He can start playing guitar being that rock band that he always wanted to be in it could be a lot of things because you're, you, you start realizing that uh, your immortality, your mortality, excuse me. You, you realize that your days are numbered. And I had a huge crisis this year when I turned 46. And uh, I think uh, Kevin Samuels died. Bob Saget died and Norm Macdonald died. I'm like, they're in their fifties, 55. And I'm like, that's nine years away. Holy shit. I'm like, I'm like freaking out. Cause I'm like, I'm nine years away from death. And I just started freaking out. So everybody has different feelings when it comes to that. So I kind of went on a <laughs> tangent there. I think it's because, uh, Angela, let's see. I think that happens because the relationship had no substance. So when sex is out of the equation, yeah, it gets miserable. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And I think we put, uh, as a young man, I remember how my testosterone was out the roof in my 20s and maybe mid 30s. Yeah, that's, that's, we're consumed by that. And it's, it's really tough to have a discipline when you're just consumed with this testosterone. We can lose our damn minds. And I do, and as you get older, you don't lose a lot of it, but I love that I have more focus now. It's it's cool. I have clarity. It's finally. So you'll have clarity, guys, when you get older. But yeah, you're absolutely right. A, a marriage a relationship has to have substance and it just can't be physical attraction. If you're marrying somebody only because they're hot, if you're dating somebody who just because they're hot, that's not substance. It's not going to last. So whatever delusions you have a long term marriages, it's not going to work. Uh, you need more than that. Am I getting married again? Yes, I'm engaged, dude. Yeah, definitely going to get married again. Doing it right this time. Marriage over the long term is all about adapting to change. Yeah, you're right, Tony. But again, I don't think many people understand that. They expect it to be the same. And if it changes, they're not going to like it. And they don't know of all the hardships that can happen. Thank you. I appreciate that. There's my MVP bill there. There are there will be clues of inconsistencies if they are just saying what you want to hear. Soul <laughs> glow. Oh my god. Just let your soul glow. Oh my god. Okay, now we're best friends, Bill. Uh we just became best friends. <laughs> um Again, okay, uh, my midlife crisis was quitting my second job after 20 years. Good for you. Figured out I like gardening and precision shooting. There you go. That's that's exactly right, man. I love that. So, again, you realize, I mean, we're all caught up with the hustle and the grind of just providing for our families and all that and maybe doing more than we have to, working harder, not smarter. And, again, when you start realizing your limitations and all that, you want to savor. You're healthy right now. If your body's healthy and you feel good. Take advantage of that because there's one day where your back's going to start hurting or... For example, I can't play basketball anymore. I miss playing basketball. I was like the Mono Ginobili before Mono Ginobili ever was popular. So I miss playing basketball, but I can't because I would rip my Achilles or tear a meniscus. I will blow out my knee because I'm old as fuck now, so I can't do it now. So I have to play in old man leagues, but I miss playing basketball. You have to be careful because, you know, you're going to find out your opportunities and what you want to do are going to start becoming limited. So seize the moment. (laughs) Let's see. I thought you said you would never get married. I did say that. I was pretty uh, vocal about that uh, my first year and a half here. But what can I say, dude? Uh, When you meet somebody, when you meet a good woman who you thought didn't exist and that loves you, for who you are, even at your weakest and most vulnerable and your most toxic and is there to uplift you and not judge you and make him wants a life with you and sees the goodness underneath the trauma and is there and patiently there with you and gives you peace, dude, that's, uh, that's, um, uh, that's a story. That's a fairy tale. That's something I never thought existed because I had never had a healthy relationship like her so when i felt it and was, started experiencing it i thought i was bored and it wasn't bored it was peace man so i had to talk to her about that i go i think i'm bored with you but i don't think i i, I don't think it's true when i talked to i went to therapy and my therapist is like are you happy i'm like yes he goes do you worry about her leaving you i'm like no uh, do, does she love you i'm like yes he goes well you're fucking at peace what are you, you're not bored you're at peace i'm like oh that makes sense i just never thought about it because i never felt it i never felt it man i had given up on it I thought all women were the same. I thought I had women pegged. I thought all oh, women are this and this and that. And when I'm dating her, I'm like, oh, this is this is what's going to happen. It didn't happen. Oh, that's a red flag. It's not a red flag. I'm just seeing something that's not there. Uh, why are we fighting? Oh, I'm trying to break up with her because I'm trying to make a little thing a big deal. Oh, I'm doing that shit the women did to me when I was dating. Because when I was dating, I was so used to this three-month cycle, four-month cycle of dating where... You meet somebody, the dopamine levels are high, you're attracted, you're infatuated, you have sex, you have fun. And then one of you starts getting the depletion of dopamine. And now you start trying to come up with a, a way to break up with them. And before you know it, the, that that shelf life is like three months, four months. And it's uh, it's lunacy and it's a waste of time, but that's how it was out there. And when you meet somebody who's wonderful and has a wonderful soul and is there with you at your lowest, dude, I, I love her. I, I love her with all my heart and it's a love and peace that I've never felt. And I'm, I put a fucking ring on that and I gave her a kid <laughs> and I'm not letting that go. It's a beautiful thing. It's like that Jonathan Kent love that he had from Martha. If I'm going to little comic book, uh, tangent there, but yeah, dude, it's a, uh, I said never cause I thought I had it all figured out, but I was wrong. So I'm pretty fucking happy about that, man. So I'm glad I was wrong. Uh, how did I meet her? Uh, I met her through Hinge. I met her through Hinge, a dating app. And I liked, I loved her profile. And ladies, FYI, men love a woman with a sense of humor. Uh, Her main profile picture, the main one was she, she loved going to galas, like museum exhibits, right? And there was a dinosaur exhibit and there's a velociraptor. So she was posing in front of the velociraptor like a dinosaur. And I'm like, Hey, she made, she made me laugh. Swipe. So, and then my char- my charisma and charm and good looks her over. And here we are. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, that's what happened. So yeah, I did say never, I was pretty, uh, pretty, uh, clear about that, but you know, life can surprise you. As I mentioned, all the negative stuff that I was saying earlier, all the negative stuff that can happen, it life is a, the yin, the yin and yang. There's a balance. It it throws good at you. So savor the good, man. Just savor the blessings that are thrown upon you. I don't care what religion you are. I think the gods, fates, wh- whoever you believe in, purposely put people in your life, and it's up to you to either open the door and take advantage of it or ignore it. So there you go. So there's hope for online dating. Yeah. And again, I mean, if we're talking numbers, I mean, I went, there's like 50 or 70 dates to her one. So I, I I did go through, it was like a numbers game, but yeah, there's, there is hope. But also you have to be very selective with who you allow in your, your space and your heart. Uh, let's say you really, I don't really know anyone until you don't really know anyone until you get divorced. That's my take. True. Yeah. Oh, I know what you're saying. Sorry, but no, uh, I get what you're saying. And I may have believed that at one point or another, but I've known her four years. We've been dating. Uh, it'll be four years in December. I know them. I know her. She's we've, we both have seen each other at a, all the season, all the things I preach, dude, I'm not just pulling this out of my ass. I'm actually living my advice, my own advice. And I'm learning through my own mistakes. So like I said, she's seen me at my worst. I've seen her at her worst and her lowest. And we've been through a lot already, but yeah, it's going at three and a half years already. Yeah, so we're good. It's sexual chocolate. Oh <laughs> <Well, laughs> God. Randy Watson. Give it up for Randy Watson. Yeah, so thank you. Thank you, Grim, the poet. I- I'm happy. Like I said, I'm it's 40. s I'm 46 and I found I found her five years after my divorce, so. There is hope, man. Like I said, if I can just kind of, before we get back to sexual chocolate, <laughs> life, the energy you put out there is what you get back. If you're consumed with hate and consumed with bitterness, that's what life's going to throw at you. But if you do your best and just project goodwill, you, you wish well upon others, it, it'll reward you. I don't know how it works. Well, I don't I'm not a spiritual guy, but I, I believe in that. I believe in karma because I've been on the ass end of karma uh, and I, I've gotten my dues. I've I paid the piper. Um, I've had friends that left me and, and I'm like, damn. And then a couple weeks later, a friend that I haven't seen in seven years comes back. So whatever life takes away, it gives you back. I can't explain it. But again, you have to be uh, doing good you have to have a good mindset and be healthy. I mean, again, because if you want to feel negative and just depression, hate, that's all you're going to see through your lens, man. So don't, don't, don't be consumed with hate, heartache, depression, all that's normal, but do not let it consume you. Um, no, I don't pay alimony. There's no alimony in Texas, just child support. And I stopped paying that a long time ago, but, uh, I guess I'll address a couple more questions. Uh, It's 2.11. I guess we'll keep going to two twenty. Two hours? It's been two hours and 11 minutes. Wow. Okay, cool. Again, Dan, thank you for the super chat. If anybody wants to give me another super chat, I'm now monetized. I would appreciate it. Uh, And again, if you're listening on TikTok, I would appreciate you going and subscribing to my YouTube channel. I have 1,600 subscribers. I want to get 10,000. I'm working hard here and I would appreciate some some subscribers. (laughs) I really would. I mean, if you want to great, if not, I understand, but um, I really want YouTube to be my primary outlet. I mean, I'm going to have guests next time. Angela's going to be on next time. She's a wonderful coach. And um, I just want to give as much information. I can present it better on, on YouTube. So, but uh, yeah, uh, let's see here. Going back to the questions. Yes. You attract what you project. Yeah. I agree with that. God puts you right where you belong. Yeah, I mean, if you believe in God and all that, yeah, I I, I believe that the fates, whatever. Yeah, I I truthfully believe that. Yes, keep moving forward. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah. That's was it. Any other questions here? Or we can just talk about coming to America. <laughs> Um, I guess to wrap up, um, again, uh, I'll be, I don't think I can't be live tomorrow. Again, I know my schedule. I said, I'm usually live Tuesdays and Thursdays. Uh, but la- last night I had some, you know, the internet went out, so I'm not going to be live tomorrow cause I'm recording a podcast, but I'll do my best. I'll probably, will maybe go live on Friday. So Angela, if you're still watching, if you want to go live on Friday, uh, you know, let's sync up and, you know, figure something out. But again, I know it's like an echo chamber cause you and I agree on everything. So it's not going to be, <laughs> I guess, entertaining, but I guess, let's just do it. Fuck it. You know, let's just do it. But, um, I'll probably, maybe we'll go live on Friday. If not, of course I'll be live next Tuesday and Thursday. Uh, I love the topics. I'm getting a lot of topics and feedback from Facebook and I'm starting to get some from YouTube. So again, I love the YouTube growth there. So just send me whatever topics you want me to touch on. Uh, majority of my, um, my following is men, which I I'm fucking down for that. I want to help as many men as possible because I truthfully believe you guys, there's not enough positive male role models out there um and i know a lot of men are, are seeking that leadership or that somebody to look up to and i hope i can be that for you if I'm, my advice is not for everybody uh but if it helps uh i you know i please continue to follow me uh but yeah um randy got ladies randy watson yeah <laughs> Shut up. Uh, uh, michelle no no thank you you're, you're the best you're the best yeah angela is amazing she's pretty badass Thank you, Sean. Appreciate that. I uh, will keep going. And, um, you know, to be honest, uh, I'm, I think I'm finally finding my voice because maybe it's the repetitiveness of going live and just talking to people and just engaging with you more, but I feel good. I feel great. And I think I finally found where I'm at. And I know that people may say, well, you you know, how can you, you've been doing this for three years? Like, no, I think I've, I feel good as far as going live and talking to you and not really having to script sometimes. I feel great, man, and I, I'm I'm thankful for everybody who's engaged and you part of the chat and all that. It's going to continue to grow, and uh, I appreciate every single one of y'all. Everybody here, including including TikTok, but especially YouTube, because this, I want this to be my primary outlet. I've had at the max 16 people, and it's felt like a hundred because you guys have been engaged the entire time. Bills here, Dan's here, Michelle's here, Angela's here, Charles. Everybody, it feels like a hundred. So I love this. You guys are like the foundation, the beginning, the, the first team, the the founders of as big as this grows. So when there's a live with a couple hundred people, I'm always going to look to you, uh, the ones who were there at the beginning. So again, I don't I don't forget that. I'm loyal when it comes to that. So I will we'll never forget that. So thank you, everybody. Uh, but again, I guess I'll end the live now. But again, thank you for watching. Please subscribe. And uh, God bless everybody. Take care and a good night. End in the live right now. Subscribe! <laughs>